It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. I'm Betches co-founder Jordana Abraham, and this episode is brought to you by Instacart. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us, trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to tea to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Got hit with a bottle, put in the hospital for talking that mess. I confess it's a shame when you live. 
living in a city that's the size of a box and nobody knows your name. Glad I came to my senses. Like quick, quick, got sick, sick to my stomach. Overcome it by thoughts of me and her together, right? So when I asked out, she said I wasn't a type. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat and a six-point collar. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her.
is welcome to your Friday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your buddy, Ryan. How the heck are we doing? What a weird-ass day. Let's just call it what it is. It is a weird-ass day, and I hope that we all got through it. The, the plus side is we're at Friday, right? So we we have these next two days to recoup. We're, of course, in the holiday season, and, and you wouldn't know it if you looked at pop culture. Remember, if you do listen to this episode, uh, you know, each one of these episodes, which if you do, my God, what are you, how are, what are you, how are you spending your life? My goodness. Um, by the way, I've seen, I keep seeing all your Spotify raps, having me on your Spotify raps, and like I, I want to post them on my Instagram, and then I feel like I'm bragging, but it's like so fucking cool, and thank you guys so much. Oh my god, somebody just wrote me on the Patreon, and I was like almost in tears. Lisa in the OC was like, hey Ryan, you're my number one podcast I listened to in 2022 on Spotify. <laughs> you beat Heather McDonald on my list, dude. Should I be worried? Um, no, Lisa, that's actually, you shouldn't be worried. You're listening. You're, I mean, there's room for all of us. Uh, um, Heather McDonald's actually, uh, God, I hope I get to be on her show again. That was awesome. What a, what a great 2022 moment that is. I've been trying to like, think of all the good things that have happened in 2022 when I get sad. And there have been so many cool ones. And you guys, of course, are the main one. This show is the main one, but you have made it to the weekend, so this is your time to regroup um, after what has been a really weird post-Thanksgiving week. Uh, and of course, I am mainly talking about um, the fact that there was a new Indiana Jones trailer. No, no, God, no, no. There was actually a new Indiana Jones trailer that premiered today, and I, I, I'm an '80s kid, so Indiana Jones was like one of my heroes. And Harrison Ford looks really cool in it, but that's not what this is about. We're going to have to talk about. I, I totally switched up what I was going to do this episode about today. I was actually going to have a guest today. And I have figured I'm throwing on that all away and I'm just going to add that to the pop culture. Well, I'm not going to add the interview, but I'm going to add all the stories I was going to talk about, like Teresa getting into into a fight with a radio DJ, Heather's behavior on Salt Lake last night. Um, there's so many cool stories that I want to talk about and have fun with you guys and laugh about together, but I wanted to actually just express my feelings. Uh, and by the way, that, that might not be what you're into. Um, and I get it. Uh, we're going to talk about Kanye today for a little bit. And then what we're also going to do though, you know, we're going to, I'm going to be able to spit out my feelings here, uh, about all of his behavior today, Thursday, but then I'm also going to throw on. Uh, special for you guys. We do have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. And I didn't think I was going to do this, but I, um, I recapped, I recapped the whole season of season two of the Hulu show. And we just put out the 10th uh, episode, the finale, uh, two days ago on Patreon. Hey baddies, if you're, yeah, and we're actually doing a big party on the 10th online. Um, but, but I'm going to actually play my recap of the Kardashian finale. Uh, it's an hour and a half. It's a long one. And I know some of you guys really do like the long form podcasts. 
So we're going to we're going to add that to this because I think it also gives a lot of perspective um, on the Kardashians and where they're at now. Um, but I do want to uh, make some comments about Kanye and talk a little bit about my feelings about his increasingly um, not just bizarre and erratic, but hateful rhetoric and behavior that we are now seeing on a daily basis through social medias. And if you're not, if you're away from social media and not seeing any of this, oh, my gosh. Keep it up. I I applaud you. Stay off of social media. Compare and despair. My God. And and listen, I, I'm just gonna say a lot of things. Um, but it, but but also remember, there's timestamps, so you can skip right to the Kardashian recap. Um, it gets really funny after the first 20 minutes. I think uh, we talk about a lot of stuff, and and I want to make this clear. Uh, a lot of you guys don't like the Kardashians. A lot of you guys do like the Kardashians. It's very interesting. I I wrote this Instagram post today because I was furious after some of the comments that I watched and listened to because Kanye was on Alex Jones's podcast or his radio show or whatever for three hours. I, I joked the other day that Kanye might be coming on this podcast. Uh, I think I'm going to not extend the invite anymore. Um, but he made just some really, really, really horrific comments, which I will uh, talk about in a second. And um, I wasn't down for it. Like, listen, um, uh, my audience, you guys are really cool. And I, I know you're going to you're kind of with me on this. I just don't have a lot of room for hate uh, besides hating myself sometimes. But I made a post after this because Kim Kardashian had tweeted, what do you guys want to see for season three of the Kardashians? Do you guys like family stuff, work stuff, kids stuff, behind the scenes of shoots, family pranks? And listen, I like Kim Kardashian. I might not agree with everything that she does, but I really respect her work ethic. And that's why I'm kind of even adding the Patreon episode into this, because I talk about how amazed I am at what she's been able to achieve. That no one, not any podcaster or troll or any of you, or nobody can take that away from her, right? Nobody. But I put that tweet and then I put a meme uh, quote on top of it. And I said, I would like to see how you handle conversations about anti-Semitism in your household. Um, because Kanye has just been spewing nonstop hate towards Jewish people. He's calling it, um, what is he calling it? Uh, love, hashtag love speech. This ain't love speech. When you bring up that Hitler is a nice guy, Hitler's a good guy. Hitler did some good things. He actually said that Hitler invented the microphone, which he didn't. I, I hate to break it. This to, I don't know who I don't know who's around Kanye that's telling him facts. Like I feel like he might not have the same kind of phone access that we do that can look up these things. That Hitler did not invent the microphone, and I know these. Uh, it is. You know, and especially if you're one of my Jewish listeners, I know how hard it is to hear some of those words, to hear the name Hitler, to hear about uh, the Holocaust and how it was brought up today and the disbelief of it or or the, the, the rhetoric that Kanye puts out, which I think is just so dangerous and disgusting. And then to put it in the name of love to say, no, no, I love everyone. It's like, bro. You are not God. You say you worship God, the one, the only God. Then let God handle Hitler. Let God 
handle Hitler. You don't need, we don't need you to say that Hitler was still did some good things. He did some good things. We don't need, and by the way, what a horrible presidential campaign this has been because this is part of his running for president in 2024. His campaign, I, I got to tell you, he lost my, <laughs> before I was really going like, you know what, maybe I'll vote for Kanye. But now today he lost me finally. He did it. He lost me. You can only say so many good things about Hitler and Nazis before I'm like, you know what, maybe I'm going to go independent this year. <laughs> Maybe I'll stick with a Democratic candidate. Uh, Joe Biden is looking very old, but I would rather not Kanye. Um, I'm trying to make find ways to laugh about this, and my heart's been really heavy about this all day. Um, I have a lot of Jewish friends, Jewish people that I love, love dearly. And I have talked to a lot of them today, and some of them are scared, you know, like— some of them are like, this is how this kind of stuff starts. This is how it started back then. If you think about the number of Jewish people there actually are, I, I saw this tweet as opposed to the number of Twitter followers Kanye has. Twitter's Kanye's Twitter followers dwarf the amount of Jewish people left in the world. And uh, I just find that there is no place for this. Even Alex Jones Mr. Shithead Sandy Hook himself was like, hey, God, I don't, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think I believe it. I'm not there with you on the Jewish stuff. But, <laughs> but he let Kanye still be on the air for three hours. I mean, remember, this is a money, this is an attention economy. And Alex Jones loved every bit of the attention he got today. Make no mistake. And I know, like, you guys, I know I try to keep this not a political show, but I'm trying to say... What I said earlier this week on Tuesday that, remember, pop culture used to be fun. Me and Laguna Biatch talked about it on Monday. You know, we were talking about Paris and Nicole and Britney in that car. Yeah, like there were serious things that happened back then. Serious mental health things. And they went to jail. But like at the most, you know, Lindsay was getting caught with cocaine and hooking up with dudes and like doing the kind of random stuff you do as a young person. You know, they weren't affecting geopolitical states. They weren't bringing Ray. I mean, it just, this has gotten too far. It's too big. You know, we're dealing with billionaires now trying to enforce their will or their hate under the guise of love. And there's just, there's no room for that. And don't let these people fool you when they're like, well, I'll give you one fact that makes sense, and then I'll give you 10 bizarre shit that I'll never prove to you ever, but I'll just put it out there. And you guys, the people that responded back to that Instagram thing I, I told you about, a lot of people understood it, but some people didn't. They were like, well, why is this Kim's problem? Why is this, you know, oh, oh Kim's got to be blamed for this? No, no. What I'm genuinely asking is, and we talk about this in the Patreon episode that you're going to hear today is the reality of reality. We watch all of these high benchmark water, like these huge moments for this family. But what we're not seeing behind the scenes is this shit. And like almost thank God, I guess, in some ways that we don't because it's horrific. And I can't imagine the mental state that Kim is in. My God. And we just did a whole story yesterday or the day before on the Kim and Kanye divorce finally got finalized. Kanye, it was $200,000. 
uh, per month for the next, you know, until each kid turns 18, which he got away easy on that. But he also has to pay for 50% of their security. And you know damn well that you're going to have to ramp that security up even more than it already was. This is so dangerous, not just for us, but for his own family. But my whole point was that, like, no, it is not. Kim is not responsible for Kanye. Kim made that choice to divorce Kanye a very, very smart choice. I applaud that choice. But what she is responsible for. If they have 50-50 joint custody, which that divorce settlement decrees, even though they also admit that Kim has those kids most of the time because Kanye's out there with his busy podcasting schedule, is that she is responsible for also teaching those kids about anti-Semitism, about hate. You know, I opened up Kim's Instagram today and it was, or yesterday, and it was like all systems go. I think I did a bit on it yesterday of just all the, when I open my, here's all the Christmas trees that I see from my bathroom. And it was like, amazing, Kim. Guess what? Your ex is spewing hate everywhere. The one that you have 50% custody of the four kids that you have with. He's out there spreading this shit, riling people up, you know, people act, getting people to actually agree with him. I don't care about your Christmas trees. It looks beautiful. It really does. I hope it fills your heart with joy. And I hope, you know, some of you guys obviously like to look at that too, but we can't ignore some of this hateful shit. Like I've given Kanye such a pass over the last couple of weeks. I've, I could have done stories every day because he's done something weird and I left it alone. And not that this is going to make a bit of difference, but I just got so furious today after, uh, I mean, let me, let me, let me read you some of this stuff that I just, is that, uh, let's see here, uh, quote, I like Hitler. Also, Kanye was in his mask phase, his Batman mask phase where he didn't, you know, he didn't show his face on this podcast. Uh, he also encouraged people to visit R. Kelly and Harvey Weinstein in prison. So that's a really good tip from yay to us. Uh, if anybody would like to visit Harvey Weinstein in prison, uh, you know, and listen, this is his big, he thinks his big message is like Hitler was made by God as well. We should love everyone. Well then let God deal with that. It is okay for us to say that Hitler was a horrific, evil man. That is okay for me to say. I will let God deal with that. We are far past that and we do not want to go back that way. He was also denying the Holocaust, saying Hitler did not kill 6 million people. That's factually incorrect. And if you uh, are, are um, I've been to a couple, I've been to the Holocaust Museum in Los Angeles, and it is very beautiful and touching. And um, these museums and history books tell a very different story about 6 million people uh, um, being killed. But yeah, no, no, it's uh, it's fake. It's fake. He quote, I'm not trying to be shocking. I like Hitler. The Holocaust is not what happened. Hitler has a lot of redeeming qualities. Yeah, no, he kept a really nice mustache, of course. Um, even 
Jones was turned off by some of Kanye's rhetoric. The Daily Mail is saying he says he didn't go for the, quote, Jew thing that West has a, quote, fetish for. And the Daily Mail also points out that Kanye West, 45, has a documented history of mental health problems and has been open about his bipolar disorder. I also want to say, though, that a couple of weeks ago, Kanye, and I didn't do this story, also said that his bipolar disorder was wrong, you guys. It, wasn't, it was misdiagnosed. And guess who it was misdiagnosed by, guys? A Jewish doctor. He doesn't have bipolar. So this actually, okay, so okay, now mental health is not a part of this because he was misdiagnosed by an evil Jewish doctor. There's an answer for everything. And sometimes I wish the Jewish people, uh, you know, did control the media the way that Kanye, Kanye thinks. Like, it's one of those things, and if you want to compare it to Bravo, it's like when these dork characters, I just watched Winter House, like Austin's trying to get sympathy after he tried to, like, bang everybody in the house, but he wants sympathy because he thinks Lindsay touched his junk uh, at at uh, Kyle and Amanda's wedding, but he wants sympathy, and, and it it it's, <laughs> I mean, the point is, it's always somebody else's fault, right? Kanye will not now, now he's taking it back. I don't have a mental disorder. That's somebody else's fault. I was misdiagnosed. It's like nobody, uh, it's hard to take responsibility for your own behavior. And listen, and a lot of us with mental health disorders, uh, I've been very open that I'm on antidepressants. Actually had a meeting with my psychologist today where I was like, there are certain things that I want to change. This is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm feeling bad. This is where I felt good. Like, I, I mean, we actually had a discussion about my mental health and I'm not ashamed to tell you guys that there was a time where I was ashamed that I thought you guys or anybody would think less of me, even my own parents. If I said, I think I might need a little bit more help right now, and I might need to take some medicine and, uh, I've used it responsibly I've tried to use it religiously. I've tried to follow a doctor's plan for me. And I've also been honest when I'm having hard times. But this thing is like, okay, now uh, if we're going to take mental health out of this, so are you just saying you're a hateful bigot? What are you? What, I don't know. I mean, obviously the dude has a mental disorder. I'm just not, it's like he does. And he's in psychosis right now, right? And I know I'm supposed to have pity and my heart's supposed to go out to him and I have prayed for him and I hope everything. But like, dude, when you bring up hate, when you post, like he just posted on Twitter a couple of hours ago, a swastika, a swastika in a Star of David on his Twitter account. It has been removed from Twitter, but he posted that, a swastika. Swatsik, swastika. I don't even know how to fucking pronounce it because it's not something you should be saying. Swastika. That's it. God. And he put that as a camp and he put like, yay, 2024. Like, oh, cool, bro. What a great campaign poster. I don't need you to normalize a swastika. I don't need you to normalize that. It shouldn't be normalized. It's horrifying. It's a triggering image. It's like probably, it's like, it's like when I watch Lisa Rinna, it triggers me. And he's spiraling. He's probably not slept in uh, a week, I would guess. 
And that, you know, unfortunately, it's like our bodies, you know, as we get older, they respond to exercise less and less. We have to eat better. You know, like it takes, it's taken me so long to lose weight, even with a trainer. I worked so hard and I realized just my body's just getting older and it's harder and harder for my body to respond. But guess what? Your mental health is the same way. You have to work harder. As you get older, isn't that a bitch? Isn't that so unfair? I fucking hate that, but it's the truth. I just am not down with this. And Kim, unfortunately, like most women out there, she is going to be, she's going to have to be the one that teaches those kids that this is not right. It is going to fall on her. Unfortunately, this is another kind of unfair inequality men and women face that it's going to be Kim's issue because you know it ain't coming from Kanye. We actually just saw Kanye out with Northwest at Macy's two nights ago. What are we supposed to Does Kanye just clam up about the uh, the way the, the Jewish people have completely destroyed his career? Also, I have to imagine at this point, uh, you know, Mormon, Catholics, Muslims, I think we all kind of are starting to dislike Kanye. It's not just the Jews. I'm being facetious, you guys. But like, what's he saying around you? I can't imagine. He's just like, you know what? He turns into the perfect father around Northwest. I mean, man, my, my, my grandpa, my grandpa, Henry, he had a stroke um, and I didn't get to know him pre-stroke. And I guess he was a pretty damn great man. He was my dad's stepdad because my dad's dad died when my dad was like 11 or 12. And my dad's actual dad was a horrible man from every story that my dad tells me. Abusive, the whole bit. But this man, um, my grandpa Henry, came into his life and kind of showed my dad what a real dad could be. Was a real great man. And, um, I swear to God, this is a it's a detour that I think is important. But by the time I knew him as a kid, he had had a stroke, and it made him really scary as uh, for me when I was like seven and eight and nine. When we would go visit Columbus, Ohio, it was a small house that my dad grew up in, and uh, I would sleep on the couch or the pullout couch. Me and my sister would sleep there, and my my grandpa Henry like scared me. Because like he couldn't really speak, he couldn't really communicate, ah, you know, and it was like ah, and he would wake me up in the morning to go to McDonald's with him, and I would be scared because he would drive, and he shouldn't have been driving, and me as a little kid, and you, you know, I. I, 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 and I would go, but I, I would try to act like I was like, I, I wasn't waking up and he'd push me like, you know, and reflecting on it as an older man, you know, or once I got to be older, I realized this was him trying to spend time with me, with his grandson, somebody that my dad loved very dearly, but I was scared of him, I was scared of him. And that was like, he couldn't help having a stroke, but it was scary to a little kid. 
But now imagine somebody like Kanye spewing hate rants. How many rants has his kids already had to be around and to hear? And my heart goes out to those kids. And I listen, all the amount of money in the world doesn't make me want to switch places with them. I always say on this show about celebrities that you also used to be aspirational. No more. I, man, I would not want to be any of these people involved. But like, realize that these kids, they pick up on things. You know, you guys have kids or you were a kid once. We're sensitive little dudes and dudettes. We pick up on this stuff. You don't think they pick up on that? And you know they love their dad. And it's got to be really weird. But when you teach hate, it spreads hate, you know? And so Kim, it's going to be left to her and the Kardashians. I never thought I would say this in the world. To teach them and to keep showing them about love. And that doesn't always mean taking your daughter to Paris and letting her wear couture and having millions of dollars and businesses out the wazoo. I don't know. Like, I'm getting scared. Maybe it means it's time to scale back things. Maybe it's time to just protect those kids. Who knows? That's not my business. I'm just saying that I am... I mean, the other part of it that I wanted to talk to you guys about was that divorce settlement. Isn't it weird that it got settled this week? It's almost like Kanye is now forcing Kim's hand because Kim can't. I mean, this is like the Balenciaga thing. It took Kim five days to respond to the Balenciaga thing. And also to everybody, oh, well, you got, you're not talking about the Balenciaga thing in your Instagram posts. Oh, oh, you're not talking about Kim supporting Balenciaga. Sorry, that's not, I'm sure, what these people sounded like. But it's, in my head, they sound like that. Dude, I, I said, I responded to a couple of them. I didn't get to see every, read everybody's comment. But I was like, I talk about it every day on my podcast. What are you talking about? Balenciaga's fucking disgusting. I've talked about it every day. You guys know. We And I said, I, I have enough space in my heart to think about both things. I mean, my head and my heart. I can think how both things are wrong. I can think about how Balenciaga, what they're doing is wrong. I can think that Kim not just ending that relationship uh, immediately is wrong. But Kim's always been about trying to get her bag. That's what she's always been about. Kanye, I didn't know, was always about hate. That seems to be a new thing over the last couple of years. But I don't didn't expect Kim to drop Balenciaga. I expected that thing. But with this is different. Kim is going to have her hand forced into getting full custody of these kids after she signed off on those divorce papers this week. And it was like, wow, it's almost like he waited for those divorce papers to get signed to go completely batshit, even though he's been batshit now for years and especially the last couple of like months or however long it's been that he's been acting this way. But this is what we call or what he calls ramping up. Kanye has gone on record when he used to admit he had a mental disorder was it's called ramping up. Kanye is ramping up right now. His bipolar disorder is ramping up. Your mental health does not get better untreated. It gets worse. I would not be surprised if soon he's seen visions of God, if he's having conversations with people that aren't there. And it's really scary. There's nothing funny about this. And you guys, I know this is so intense. I know this isn't what my show is about. Please just bear with me. 
Um, and like I said, the timestamps are there. You can skip to the Kardashian thing. And that was recorded a couple days ago. And I was in a much better, funnier mood. And I get to do my little Travis Barker voice like, what's going on, you guys? It's me, Travis Barker. He has the lightest, tiniest voice ever. For somebody that drums that hard, he's like, what's going on? I just need my matcha and Courtney's booty. <laughs> we find ways to still laugh. We can find ways to still laugh. But I want us to uh, shut this sh- kind of shit down. Like, no. Um, and the sad thing is when Kanye does finally get forced to get help, because I don't think he's going to admit he needs help, it's going to be because of the Jews. It's going to be that. And the sad thing is, you know, like, listen, I have a a nephew who I love very much. His code name is Watermelon on this podcast. And I'm not going to share everything with you guys. And I've told you guys there are things that I keep from you, right? Like, I try to be as open and honest with certain aspects of my life, but there are other aspects of my life that I don't. I just don't. And I'll I'll work at that more in 2023. Uh, uh, but some of that, some of it also is not not for me to be able to say. I don't have permission to say or whatever, you know. But let's just say I have people in my family that also deal with issues that I have dealt with, and maybe even in a worse way. But my nephew Watermelon, you know, he looks up to Kanye West, right? <laughs> I talked to my mom today and uh, we were talking about Christmas and we were talking about what's on everybody's Christmas list. Right. And by the way, I do want to remind people up until a couple of years ago, I did make my mom still not put out my Christmas gifts until after I'd gone to bed on the 24th because I'm a man, I'm a grown man and that's normal because I like to believe that Santa put them there overnight. All right. Sue me. But we were talking about uh, okay, what what is it? What does that, my niece Addison want? And what is it? And we were you know going over ideas and what does Dad want? And I was actually really proud of myself for having that conversation because I usually leave that to like the 18th, and I'm I've really, I mean, what I'm patting myself on the back. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> but we, watermelon, my nephew, he's 14 now. My gosh, and um, I said, what's what's on uh, old watermelon's list? <laughs> and he. He asked for a $200 silk shirt. And I was like, what the fuck? We grew up shopping at Walmart, you guys. We were a Ross family, a Tia Maxinista family. And I didn't even, like, I like that stuff. That wasn't even considered, I didn't consider that a bad thing. I never had a pair of Air Jordans. I had, like, the knockoff pairs. Like, I never had Transformers. I didn't even have GoBots. Like, I had, like, fucking, like, it was, like, I think they were just called metal machines that change into things. Like, you know, like, I never got the real, I never got name brand shit. He asked for a $200 silk shirt and a pair of, my mom calls them, Yuzzies. He wants a pair of Yuzzies. And it was like, Mom... I think you mean Yeezys. He she oh I I uh, it's Yuzzies. I think I was like no mom it's 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 Yeezys. And mom um 
first off, there's no effing way in hell my mom would ever pay for Yeezys. First, they're too expensive. There's no way. But also, it gave me a, I was a mom. No, no, Yeezy's very bad. Even if you find one on market tomorrow for $20 because people are trying to get rid of them, no, no Yeezy's anymore. We are no longer a Yuzzy family. <laughs> we are no longer a Yuzzy family. Um, but I just, you know, my thing is that's but with with younger people, you know, you do look up to those people that are like, oh, wow, they're saying, oh, they're saying what you're not supposed to say, man. Oh, my God. That's so hardcore, man. Oh, because as a kid, it's all about like trying to push the boundaries and find out what that boundary is and try to find out who you are and what you believe. And if somebody's out there that you respect, that you like their beats or their rhymes or their clothes or their yuzzies, and they're saying, well, guess what? But Jews fucking suck. You're like, whoa, that dude that I love all of that stuff. He thinks they suck. Huh? Well, I gotta, I gotta look into that. I trust that dude. That's how shit works, man. That's how I wound up on. <laughs> Gonna so I wound up with so much, so many Tom Girardi trophies because I looked up to the man. No. Um, so it's very frustrating. And and also, you know, he started spiraling on Twitter and just kind of just going every which way uh, that you possibly could think, because, like I said, he is ramping up um, and uh, let's um, let me read you a, a gaggle. He retweeted a lot of people that were, and of course, you know, anywhere on Twitter is a hellscape. Elon, I'm sorry. It's, you're making it even worse. Um, But, you know, he was retweeting people that agree with him, which is so sad. But, you know, he's just so also uh, such a narcissist on top of the mental illness. You know, he, he wrote, I'm trying to, oh, this is just awful. Um. I'm trying to see the ones that don't completely discuss. Well, they all kind of disgust me um, and the people retweeting him. He wrote, God loves Balenciaga. Love is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Praying for all the innocent artists and beautiful humans who make clothing that had nothing to do with the ads. People's grandmothers work there for Christ's sake. And he spelled there T-H-E-I-R for Christ's sake. Okay, God loves Balenciaga. Okay, okay, that's fine. Okay, and that's like, listen, he he thinks he's in the right here on everything. He then tweeted in rapid succession. Some of these have been removed now. Remove any and all forms of pornography from Twitter and every platform. Pornography is the product of pedophilia, which grown men look at porn. They are watching someone's daughter relive trauma for money. Some of that might be true. Uh, Then he wrote, the use of porn destroyed my family, but Jesus will heal everything. Uh, Then he wrote, I stand by Balenciaga and denounce all witch hunts, and I cancel cancel culture. Jesus is king. Ending trafficking doesn't start or end with a fashion campaign, for Christ's sake. And then he posted himself in a a head-to-toe Balenciaga dork outfit where it's like a security guard outfit. He would never turn our backs. Denma, Demna, the the Balenciaga designer and the Balenciaga family for life. Cancel, cancel culture. Jesus, please heal. Then he did the swastika, swastika uh, tweet. And then he retweeted 
somebody saying the clues were there all along and put his song Black Skinhead. And then these are his final two tweets before he said, you know, he says he's now off Twitter. His final tweet tweets were, let's break one last window before we get out of here. I caught this guy with Kim. Good night. And it's a picture of uh, a Phoenix Suns basketball player. Um, Pardon me that I don't know. (laughs) This just shows what I I do not know sports that well at all, you guys, obviously. Um, Sorry, I'm finding looking at my notes right now. Chris Paul, sorry, Chris Paul from the Phoenix Suns, who's married. So Kanye tweets that he caught Kim with Chris Paul, a Phoenix Suns person. And my conspiracy mind was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Kendall dated that other other Phoenix Suns guy that she just broke up with. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Not realizing that also what? Just imagine the amount of security that Kim and Kanye travel with on a daily per minute basis. Kanye caught like, do you mean like caught doing what? Like maybe caught playing Parcheesi? Listen, I know we want to demonize Kim Kardashian sometimes. I totally, totally get it. And sometimes I respect it. But like, I don't believe this. He's lied about so many things. And this is where he's at. Like, it's either don't talk about her. She's the mother of my child. She's my queen, my princess. Or she's a slut that did porn. That's his other thing, right? Not to mention that Kanye says porn destroyed my family. Kanye has a crippling porn addiction that he admits many. Kanye admits his porn addiction on a daily basis now. And his last one, the, uh, the piece de resistance. He tweeted, let's always remember this as my final tweet. Hashtag yay 24. And it's a picture of Ari Emanuel. Now, Ari Emanuel is the brother of Rahm Emanuel. um, But he's also a famous agent who owns uh, Endeavor Agency, which is a huge, powerful, powerful agency. And uh, Ari Emanuel is one of the people that took a full page ad. Uh, denouncing Kanye and what he was talking about in terms of Jewish people. And it's a picture of him, Ari Emanuel, who, by the way, Ari Emanuel is uh, based on, well, not Jeremy Piven's character from Entourage is based on Ari Emanuel. This picture is a picture of him spraying water on Elon Musk. And Elon Musk looks like he's sporting a B cup. Uh, It's him shirtless on a yacht he doesn't look great. Very pale. I mean, by the way, this is literally my body, it looks like. So, Elon, I feel for you. So, this is Kanye's all love, you guys. This is his final picture. He went against Elon. He went against Elon, somebody that was trying to support him. He went against Elon, finally. And Elon was in his corner. And, um, oh, wait. While we talk, the tr- this tweet is from a suspended account. Um and anyways, Elon responded, that's fine. Oh, my God. Oh, did that, the account just went down. Oh, the account just went down. Oh, wow. The account got suspended as we were talking. Okay, so he's he's gone on Twitter. 
Way to muck that up, I guess, Elon. By the way, if any of you guys post a shirtless photo of me, I'm done with you as well. Like, literally, that's I'm scared to wake up and Kanye's going to be like, yo, Ryan, I heard what you said. Here's a picture of you on the toilet with your shirt off. Um, so he said that. Um, also, I wanted to bring up the fact that um, he mentioned just this in an interview the other day of like, oh, you know, like porn. He was talking about porn destroying his family. He was talking about being threesomes. He was talking about a New Year's Eve threesome this past year that he had. He said he's he's been with the devil. He was with the devil. The devil tried to get him earlier last year on New Year's Eve when he participated in a threesome. And he said, I was trying to hide all my pain with threesomes. He kept saying threesomes. And then I did. I was like, that sounds really familiar in terms of I remember what Kanye did on New Year's Eve. What Kanye did was he was in Miami and he hosted a party with Future. But guess who he was with on New Year's Eve? Guess who he met for the first time, I think? Julia Fox. So I think what he's referring to is a threesome with Julia Fox. Now, the Julia Fox of it all, we'll have to get into it another time because I just don't have the patience. But Julia Fox recently did say that she took the bullet for Kim and decided to be with Kanye to protect Kim. And if you believe that, I uh, I have a couple of Craig Conover pillows that I'd like to sell you. But we'll get into that at another time. But I meant, like, I was like, oh, shit. He's kind of just admitting that it's Julia Fox, him, and somebody else that had a threesome on New Year's Eve last year. And by the way, threesomes, I'm not sex shaming or whatever. I just think it's interesting that we do know he was with Julia Fox on New Year's Eve. So, uh, Kim, on the other hand, you're like, okay, where's Kim? Oh, this is guys. She's going to probably have to make a statement. She's going to force her because I do think she's going to have to go for full custody of these kids. So, uh, I was like, I wonder what Kim's up to because Kim has a highly regimented schedule. And we do know that Kanye was with Northwest, um, last night at a Macy's and it turns out Kim, you guys, um, sorry, I'm looking up the Daily Mail and they just uh, released the article about Elon Musk suspending Kanye West from Twitter uh, after the picture of a swastika, swastika inside a Star of David as his presidential campaign uh, symbol. And the rapper reveals their furious text exchange. Um, oh, wow. I didn't, I missed all of this. I guess him and Elon went to battle and Elon texted Kanye. Sorry, but you have gone too far. This is not love. And Kanye wrote back, who made you the judge? (laughs) Oh man. But Kim, on the other hand, you guys, I was like, oh my God, she must have like, oh, in Los Angeles, just with all the kids, everything. No, Kim is at, uh, this is the Daily Mail, and I think this is an unfair headline. Kim Kardashian and the Art of Distraction. Just divorced reality star almost spills out of her tiny bando top at Miami Festival as she shakes off Kanye West drama and Balenciaga scandal. She looks very pretty. Her boobs are spilling out of her top. I love boobs. Uh, the star was spotted arriving to Gecko Restaurant in Miami on Thursday with her sister, Chloe, who is looks beautiful as well. Is this Art Basel? Oh, it's Art Basel week. Oh, okay. There we go. So Kim is there and she looks gorgeous as ever. She's wearing sunglasses, which I think is a very important sign because um, as I've talked about in the recap on the Patreon, 
Kim wouldn't let Chloe wear glasses to her Met for her Met look because she said you will always regret it. And Kim here is wearing sunglasses. Now, I'm thinking that hopefully is because she is hiding that she has been crying or that she is in distress of some sort. But the show always must go on in Kardashian land. So she is an Art Basel. Uh, I'm sure we will get a statement from Kim over the next couple of days, even though they are divorced. They share these four beautiful kids. And this has gone too far. And I have to say, uh, I don't know what happens next. I don't know. I've done this show for three years. And Card- I mean, I've, I've been through ups and downs with Kanye, not, not me and Kanye, but I mean, kind of where we all have a relationship with him and his music in a way, or him and his fashion. And there have been times where my heart just went so out to him. And I, you know, I, I just, but when it's, it's gone too far, it's gone too far. It's, I, it, it's gone too, just gone way too far. Um, and, uh, he's losing everything and he says that's going to make him stronger and more closer to God. We'll see about that. But I think, you know, you can do everything, you know, I think you could, be close to God and not lose everything and take your medicine and listen to your doctors and go back to making people feel good again. But I don't know. I don't know how you come back for this. This is like, I, I, it's like, there's certain things I've been alive now so long and watched so many pop culture scandals and things like this. And I'm like, how, how do you go about a image rehab after this? I don't know. But thank you guys for letting me share my thoughts, for letting me get all of this out, all of this rage out. I hope this made sense. <laughs> and and guys, here it is. I swear to God, I love this recap. I love this recap and I love our Patreon once again, hello to the baddies. Consider joining us. We're doing a lot of recaps and shows in the new year. We already have so many episodes you might not know about. We're doing the live Patreon December 10th, uh, which is going to be a blast. It's an ugly Christmas holiday sweater party where everybody can wear their ugly holiday sweater. Uh, Maritza was just showing me something tonight that cracked my ass up. But come join us, man. Please. Let's keep the party and the good vibes going here at least. When it's so crazy out there, it's patreon.com forward slash so bad it's good. Five bucks a month get you access to everything. But I'm going to give you a taste of a Kardashian recap. And the first 20 minutes, I was just going off kind of on the season. And then we get into the actual recap of last week's season finale, where Kim walks in the Balenciaga show. So we talk a lot about Balenciaga. I mean, what bad luck for Kim to walk in a Balenciaga show and have that episode air the week that Balenciaga uh, is putting pedophilic images in to their ads. It has proven to be very hard to not only keep up with Kanye, but to keep up with the Kardashians. So, ladies and gentlemen, here is that episode. We're only 53 minutes in. I'm sending you off to this weekend with a long one. Uh, But remember, there are timestamps and there are going to be two commercials in the middle of this. Um, but, uh, and I, uh, consider, consider, but that ask Rana, the, the, uh, the liquor kit is so cool. You'll, you'll hear the commercial. Um, 
that's it, you guys. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope we have a great weekend together. Remember, go out, party, be around the people that you love, spend time with yourself, read a book, watch TV, eat good food, go on a hike, smell some air, spend time with your kids, do whatever makes you happy. And I will see you here bright and early on Monday uh, on Patreon. I'll probably see you here this weekend. Okay. Bye, guys. Here is the Kardashian recap, finally. (laughs) Folks, welcome to the Patreon. I've already annoyed myself with this opening. Uh, I hope you guys are doing good out there. This is the, we're fine, we're here. We're 10 episodes later of the Kardashians on Hulu season two. And you guys, I mean, we, (laughs) we, let's, I mean, we've got some stuff to talk about here. Let's go with the positives first. First off, you guys, you're the positives. How are you doing? I hope you're good. Uh, I am recording this. This is, uh, is this only Monday? Gee. Wait, is this Monday or Tuesday? This is Tuesday. This is Tuesday. <laughs> uh, I processed my thoughts on the Kardashians. I just rewatched it. Thank you to Angelina Fay, who took notes for this episode as well. Angelina Fay, uh, I put her substack in. Go check it out. She really killed it, loved it. Uh, she uh, had did great notes for this season, and I loved watching it and adding my thoughts on top of her notes, uh, it was perfect. It really, really, really does help. Uh, and it just helps free up my mind. To, like, By the way, sometimes it helps too much where I'm like thinking, I'm like, I get way too deep thinking about, I have thought about the Kardashians more than I thought about certain people I've gone to high school with. You know what I'm saying? Like people that I was close to. It's like the, I, I, I was talking about the attention uh, attention economy on today's main feed podcast. We live in a, an attention economy. People want attention. People want to give their attention. People want they want your attention. And the Kardashians have benefited from this. And in fact, I feel like they have done it the best. Now, I know there is one person on the Patreon that said, I think said, I mentioned on the main feed today, said a, a positive comment that they were happy for the Kardashians and you like to see them succeed. And, and listen, I mean, there is no right answer or right feeling. This is just my feelings and my thoughts on studying them. And to me, like I, like I used to get not hate mail, but I would yell, oh, don't talk about the Kardashians. And I would never understand it. I still don't understand it because how do you not find this fascinating? Even just by the sheer shock and awe value value for, I mean, like we have just not seen something like this. This is, I mean, you're never going to see something this, the likes again, they have changed pop culture. And I don't mean for the better or for the worse or anything like that, but they have just, nobody's ever going to be able to do this. It's like when you're on, you're, you're playing Monopoly and you get Park Place and that other big one, you know, and you're like, fuck, I just won this game because anytime you hit Park Place, I'm going to charge your ass every time you hit, you know, like you're like, I am going to, it's like when you're winning at Monopoly and you know, there's no chance anybody else can catch up. The the Kardashians have gotten there as a collective. Like I truly fear their power. They truly are the closest thing we have to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Period. End. Stop. I finally watched Thor Love and Thunder, that Thor sequel that Taika Waititi did. Yeah, I'm a Marvel nerd, whatever. I'm a DC nerd, too. But Marvel does the movies way better. Um, But I was I was watching this and I was like, I always make a joke at the beginning of the Kardashians when they walk towards the screen. It's like they're the Avengers or something. But 
nobody's going to be able to do what the Kardashians have done, just like nobody's going to be able to catch up to Marvel at this point. Like DC with Batman and Superman, that's the competing superhero comic book company, if if all you ladies and guys don't know. Um, They're never going to be able to catch up to Marvel in terms of filmmaking, because Marvel is just done in a way that's never been done before. They're almost too powerful. Like it's, They're finding new ways to try to challenge themselves, um, and I feel like the Kardashians have gotten to that point too. It was so obvious for me watching this episode, episode 10 of season two, that where else do we go from here? And we're in this weird quandary. Like I really do get into the, the weeds and thinking about this from a production standpoint. And like, I want to say the summation of this season and their efforts on Hulu are just amazing. The show looks never looked better edited amazing music is fun they, they use the selling sunset music better than selling sunset you know like they're they're firing on all cylinders in terms of production right but in terms of the actual content it's still fascinating to watch because it's so uh grand it's so extreme i mean the 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 highs are so high we're seeing just things that we've never thought we would see the kardashians do I mean, and I'm not talking about sex tapes or I mean, they're truly doing these huge things, each one of these ladies, but there is this glaring omission. And this is the part that worries me. This is the part, I think the struggle, and this is part of the reason why I feel like they really should end the show, which we know they're not going to because they filmed Travis and Courtney's wedding. And by the way, I believe that was in the preview for season two. So there must've been a lot of wild re-editing as the season went on. And I think you could feel that, but still, I mean, the team behind this truly, truly incredible. Like it is a very enjoyable reality show to watch. The thing that makes it tough to watch is that we do know a little bit of the reality behind the actual reality they're showing us. And that's when you get into this weird kind of inception moment is that, yes, all of these amazing things are happening. I agree with that commenter that commented that on Patreon. I think I'm not. Maybe I dreamt dreamt that comment, but I think it was there. And I was like, yeah, man, like love the Kardashians. I love like love whoever, whichever celebrity you're going to do. And by like, listen, Kim's work ethic Second to none. You're not going to get somebody that works harder than Kim Kardashian. I will say, I mean, like truly in awe. Like I was just thinking that I didn't want to record a Patreon because I've recorded four things today. And I was like, nope. Kim would do it. Kim would do it. And Kim would do it better than you would. So I, and I'm not joking. That's literally a thought that went through my old man mind. Um, also, Kris Jenner. We're, I mean, what, what a blueprint. What a blueprint. What risks she's taken over the years. Chloe, Chloe, I mean, what a, what a funny, fun, loving person that unfortunately we we're kind of seeing, trying to rebuild herself this season. And at the same time, just very fragile. You get the sense of how fragile she is and not just in her body because her body is starting to look thinner and thinner. And then there's some fragility, which that implies, I would think. Um, but also we just saw with her mental state, the first episode of the season, you guys remember it was the Tristan Thompson stuff. They did it all in this first episode of the season. That's how they started. And it was really one of the most emotional, effective episodes, probably the best episode of this season and probably the best episode of the first season of the Kardashians on Hulu as well. But I just vote to end the show because at a certain point, it's what I was talking about on the main feed is that you, you can't, they're not able to show us 
the reality of the reality. They're not able to show us probably how scary it is right now for them, not just because of their fame, but because of Kanye. We never even have touched Astro World and the deaths there by Trav. Instead, we get Kylie going, I'm kind of going for wifey vibes at the Billboard Awards. And we get a cute scene with Stormy, which is very cute. And it pulls at your heartstrings and you're like, damn, these, I mean, all just a, like the cutest flipping kids that you're ever going to see this, this side of the Mississippi. And I just, I like the older I get, I really am. I'm just saying more and more old man stuff like this side of the Mississippi. Like, I don't even know where the Mississippi is. Like, I don't even know the Great Lakes. How, why am I saying this side of the Mississippi? <laughs> it's me, Caitlin. This side of the Mississippi. I got it right. I see that too. <laughs> I mean, no Caitlin. By, and by the way, no Scott Disick. I'm going all, I'm jumping all over the, but no, come on. I was in two episodes. I need more. I need more. Come on. I really, truly miss Scott Disick. Yet we realize that they've made some really strong, not just editorial uh, decisions. This, this production crew and the family, they've made strong editorial choices, like finally. And a lot of people will say, there's like a, a Taurus quality that some people will say about Taurus of like, they can just cut you out of their lives like that. And I think about that and I've done that uh, maybe a few times. I mean, like, I don't think that takes away. I, I don't know. I was just thinking like they've legitimately cut Scott right out. He had two minor scenes and Scott's not an idiot. Scott grew up with celebrity. Scott grew up in this. He knows that he's out. They finally listen to Courtney and they're like, Courtney's like, if you want me in your MSN, I don't want Scott in it that much. And they finally listen. And Courtney even told us in an interview that she was pissed of what they included on Scott last season. So Scott, unfortunately, man, unless they find a way to like bring back in silly subplots like Art Vandelay from the original E! series, I don't know what hope we got for you, man. But at the same time, I sometimes feel like Scott needs this show more than Courtney does at this point. Right? So they're making these strong choices in who to leave out and what to focus on. Because if you focus on the reality of the Kardashians, I mean, we're now dealing with tax brackets that nobody could have ever fathomed when this started on E! decade plus ago. We're dealing with kids. We're dealing with kids getting older. We're dealing with kids that will eventually have emotional problems like we did when we were kids or still do as adults. We're dealing with like thought processes that you can't even possibly fathom. I was talking about Kylie's Christmas tree on today's episode of the main feed. And I was just like, how do these kids ever go to a tree lot? And like, do they even know what a tree lot is? Is a tree lot considered something for the poor people, for the poppers of the world? Um, These are thoughts that run through my mind because things have gone so, and I think there's like this mixture of. You know, Kim and Chloe and Courtney, you don't see it as much, but Kylie, especially you see it. You see the effects of being a early 20s billionaire in that she truly is closer in age to Stormy than most people would be uh, to their daughters or sons. So you still see Kylie developing as a person like, you know, you see her going like there's a scene, you guys, in Vegas with her and Stormy. And she's talking to Stormy, like she's truly talking to Stormy like a friend, which is like, oh, that's cool. It's good parenting. It's good. But I feel like it's even more than that. It's like, girl, we're in Vegas together. Are we going to get crunk? Like, I thought it was like this kind of, she goes, you're my best friend. And I think she meant it completely seriously. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just remember, like, 
What they have to deal with is something that we will never have to deal with. What they have to get used to and what they're trying to make, they're trying to wrap their brains around is something that we will never have to wrap our brains around. And that's the reality that I get more curious about the more I watch these shows. I get more curious about what they're leaving out than what they actually show us. And what they show us is perfect. What they show us so crisp, so well edited. I mean, just everybody looks so glowing and glamorous and we focus on the good things, the hard work and the family, right? Family, family is what Kardashians about. But you have this whole other thing that I've always said. And this year, more than any other year, now we're affecting geopolitics where, I mean, we're affecting, we're, we're, we're almost ignoring the fact that we're dealing in a political climate. Like I truly believe one day Kim will run for office and win. We're also ignoring Kanye completely, which is so for the good of everything, their kids, all of that. But Kanye is truly affecting the world in a very negative way right now, or at least that is my belief. And I'm sorry if that upsets some people to hear, but if it does, I would say like, yo, like, he, you know, I, I truly hope I really, you know, there's like, it's so sad. Cause you're like, man, I truly hope, I truly hope this is just poor mental health and not taking care of yourself in the right ways. I truly hope. And this is from, like I said, from, I've told you guys all along from a fan, but we're ignoring that. We almost made this deal that we only talk about Tristan Thompson on the first episode and maybe a couple light jokes throughout, but he was not brought up at all. But we do know Tristan Thompson is still a part of their life because Kim just took him out to uh, a Thanksgiving thing with prisoners. And I'm pretty sure Trist Tristan wasn't in that prison uh, for doing something. Kim brought him. So either that's an episode and they're bringing Tristan back into the fold, which I find just so odd if you're not going to let Scott in there, but let, Trist let Tristan in. But I mean, listen... I will rant and rave about these people because as much as I dislike them at times, I'm protective of them at times too. And I will uh, rage on. And by the way, sometimes what I rage on about, if I rage on about Tristan or Scott, it's like, because sometimes I see that shit in myself and I'm like, fuck, how are men sometimes so flipping dumb? How do we do the dumbest things ever? And I'm just so curious as why Chris will encourage the men to still stay around when they've done such wrong. And maybe that's the answer is just that we're all wrong. Maybe men, they're all kind of just uh, skewed in a certain way and Chris realizes that knows the secret but doesn't mean they're bad people and plus they're good semen providers and they have beautiful children is that what it is I've still yet to figure it out sometimes but I do know that all of these things are going on behind the scenes like even this was by the way the finale is based around Kim walking at the Balenciaga couture fashion show and what a sad, sad state of affairs that unfortunately they had to release this season finale um, pretty much day and date of when this Balenciaga shit went down with pedophilia and the use of the images that they used that I talked about on the main show. So how weird and wild is how weird and wild is that? I mean, truly. I mean, how, because this is one of Kim's shining moments. You can tell this is something like, believe me, her height, she would never be asked to be a runway model, but she has done it. She has pulled off the impossible. And this is what Kim gives herself the biggest girl boner that she can ever give herself when she defies even her own expectations. It truly is jaw dropping and something to be applauded, but it's also something to be feared. And it's also something to pay attention to because I'm saying Kim has always wanted this 
power since she was a little girl. I remember Kim when she was first introduced to the pop culture scene through Paris Hilton, and she was like kind of like her closet organizer or something like that. Remember when she went on that one day with date with Nick Lachey after the, the split with Jessica Simpson? And this was before the Ray J tape. I remember her slowly working her way in, and she wanted this. She knew what she wanted. I mean, Kim is the biggest argument for vision boards there are out there because she really, really thought about this. I think she knows down to the detail. In fact, that's why even her dressing as Mystique uh, for Halloween, the X-Men figurine and the X-Men figure, X-Men character in that elaborate makeup costume. Guys, that wasn't a costume. That was Kim saying, yo, Marvel, I want to be an actor too. Put me in a movie. I swear to God, I will bet you this entire show. You don't. You could own 500 episodes of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I bet I'm right. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I am right, you know, if I'm, if I'm wrong, you get the show, you guys. If I'm right, you have to continue being patrons. Um, but that, I believe, will be the next thing. And also, this whole time, I, don't worry, I'll get into the recap in one sec. The whole time, I just kept watching this going, of course the fucking relationship with Pete Davidson isn't going to work out. This girl just told us how she, like, slept four and a half hours last night to get up for this thing, and it seems like that's a regular occurrence. Where is she going to find time to squeeze in, like, a little handy for Pete, Pete Davidson? You know? Like, where it's her life is too big. And I feel like Kim is okay with that because Kim realizes there are sacrifices to being a legend. And when you get, you know, it's that snow down a mountain, that snowball down a mountain that's gathering speed. And now things are happening faster and quicker than they've ever happened before in terms of her and her family. And she doesn't want to slow down. She doesn't want to slow down. And it's one of those things that's like kind of like sad if you think about it from a glass half empty kind of thing like I do where you're like, oh, man, like she must look to the side and go, I would like remember that when Kim said a couple seasons ago when she was talking about the Kanye split and she was like, I want to watch somebody that I can binge watch a show with. And I'm like, sure, Kim did want that for a second. And I'm sure there is some kind of wistfulness that of like it would be fun. But at the same time. She has these goals in mind and there is true sacrifice. And it's not just for her, it's for her family as well. But at a certain point, I would say, I think the kids are covered at this point too. Like there's a, you're, you're, there's a lot of money that you're not leaving on the table. You're taking all of it. And I would just be curious. And I would just think the show at a certain point is going to not do the things that they want it to do eventually. It's not going to present them as strong and it, well, I mean, it'll prevent them as it'll present them as strong and powerful always in a positive thing of family, but there'll be all this other stuff that they're ignoring. And I think eventually the people will not rise up against a TV show, but the people will go like, wow, they're living such different lives. I don't know, you know, like if I do want fantasy, I'll, I'll watch like the Lord of the Rings show, but this is becoming a bit too much. And like I said, I was just like, you know, and one of these Kardashian kids, one of them's not going to be into this. I mean, you already sense it with Rob Kardashian, but I'm talking about one of the offspring. They're going to be like, this is gross. Our wealth is gross. 
There's always one. Like, I remember Bill Gates and Melinda Gates. Melinda Gates uh, gets divorced from Bill and, like, immediately, or also the Jeff Bezos, the Jeff Bezos divorce. Like, the wives get divorced from these powerful men and they go walk away with billions of dollars and they immediately start giving billions of dollars away. Where Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates are like, you know what, I'm going to take my time with uh, giving this. It's gonna, I'm going to give it. I'm definitely going to give it up, but I'm going to take my time with it. Whereas the women are like, bam, here's billions of dollars. So, um, I don't know. There's so many complicated thoughts I have with this family. And I just watched this in amazement because I found myself enjoying it, but also found myself just wondering about all the things that we didn't see. Also wondering like, wow, yeah, you can't cover Astro World. You can't cover Kanye's fashion show and the White Lives Matter moment. You can't cover what a mess of a divorce it has been. Yet today, you guys, we just got breaking news, which I'll cover more on tomorrow's podcast on the main feed, is that they have settled their divorce, which is just why. I mean, hey, Kanye's running for president. He's got to settle this thing. Uh, And Kanye's going to have to pay $200,000 a month for the re- until all these kids are 18. But that's not that bad when you think about what it could have been for the amount of kids that they have. It is not that bad. Uh, Kanye also gave up the house that he had bought next door to Kim. Um, he gave that up as well. And also, uh, it says they split custody, even though it is confirmed that Kim usually has the kids 80% of the time. Now, the other thing I find interesting about the divorce is that if there is a big issue to, um, discuss when it involves the kids, they have agreed to mediate or go through a mediator for that, which is really fascinating. And they also agree in that divorce, if somebody doesn't show up to that meeting, the parent who is at that meeting wins. And you can speculate that Kim will usually be at the meetings. We can also speculate just by past behavior. Yay might not be at those meetings because he sometimes just is a free spirit as we've seen. But I don't know. You get this thing where you're like, well, this looks good. Everybody looks happy and healthy. But there's this underlying fear when you watch this show. And I know you're like, Ryan, you're taking this too seriously. But no, don't you get that underlying fear when you're just like, man, I feel like something bad. I mean, bad things are happening already, but something bad's going to happen. And I get that fear sometimes watching this show. And I just wonder how they'll portray it. Because, I mean, think about it. There already have been tons of bad things. And they're still portraying it like all systems go. We still show up to work. Razzle dazzle, you know. So, you guys, <laughs> that was just a quick, a little couple quick thoughts. 22 minutes in. We'll, uh... So, this episode, you guys, the episode 10 of season 2 is called Here's to Paris. And I really thought, overall, a huge mistake that they didn't mention Paris Hilton at all or have her pop up. Because here's to Paris. That would have been a nice, fitting kind of just wraparound for the title. Because I always think Paris is one of the main reasons that Kim was able to be as successful. Or just that introduction. It always takes that one person, right? That one person that gets you there. That one. You know, I'm always thinking about that with guests on the podcast. Or like, there's going to be one set of ears. One set of ears that's going to change my life. And my life's been changed in so many ways already because of this show 
But you're like, okay, I'm not done. I'm not done. There's going to be one set of years, somebody that hears something in me that I don't potentially hear in myself, and they're going to know how to specifically manage me. And they're going to be able to like see this, this diamond in the, uh, anyway, this isn't, isn't about me. So anyways, previously we saw, uh, they show a clip of all of the scenes that we've seen, uh, especially from last episode. And it's uh, all the wedding things for Travis and Courtney and Milan. And Courtney's like, we're going to Milan to do fittings for our wedding this is one of life's most beautiful moments any stress needs to stay far away and you gotta give it up to courtney like i'll make fun of her voice all day long and her general demeanor but you gotta like she looks the hell i was talking to those um the ladies behind facetune today the facetune account and we were talking about how courtney truly looks the healthiest and happiest out of all the kardashians and you're like, this is what true love does for people. Like her bot, like she looks healthy. She looks vivacious, uh, voluptuous. Uh, like, I mean, like a real human body. And do you know how attractive that is? Like, I got to say, I'm like, Courtney, man, Courtney just, I mean, and Courtney's not the most exciting person in just how she holds herself, but she doesn't need to be. But I love that she's in love with her life. And that actually is very attractive. We have a scene of Kim, uh, Kim going years ago, Kanye taught me about fashion, but now it's fun to do on my own. So this season, Kim's was fashion plus business moves this season. And then, of course, we cut to Kylie and Kylie says, I have the baby blues. I don't I don't have bad days for my body, but I have bad days mentally because she was talking about having the second child. Right. And I mean, that, of course, is postpartum that she said she got over with. But that's a very important conversation to have with mental health, you know, and that that was very important for Kylie to say. Kris Jenner, of course, she got a new hit because Corey Gamble destroyed her by doing doggy style. Yeah, take it. Take it, Chris. It's me, Corey. Take it. But she is determined. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. You, I'll bet you anything. Chris is like, <laughs> Chris is like, do it harder, harder, harder. Yeah, get it in there, get it in there. Like, I don't think I think Chris is like more, more. How many people just turned off? How many people? I wish I could have live listenership. Um, so she's determined to live without this hip pain. Chloe's new baby is on the way. And uh, she's like, once he's he's once he's here, he's going to be the blessing in the ray of light. He's going to be the thing that saves me. <laughs> I need help. I don't know what to do if it wasn't for my family, she says. No mention of Tristan here. And then the Kardashians do that walk up where they're all together like the Avengers. Very intense. And we open in Paris, France. There's shots of the city and there's rocket guys. For the one of the first times ever, there's rock and roll, it's punk. There's like punk rock music. And there's like friends like like really like they're like Ramon style, but a little French thrown in there, and they're giving us shots of the city. Really, really hip. This is what I'm talking about in terms of production, where they're taking risks, you guys, and I'm totally here for it. Kim Air, the most obnoxious plane in the world, lands and the crew disembarks. Chris, Kim, North. North has a friend with her are in Paris for couture work week. Uh, Cece, cousin Cece's there as well. Uh, Corey, always there. Gamble is there as well. And we see Kim and Chris in a dual talking head. 
Um, they are sharing a talking head. Talking head is, of course, when they just talk to the camera about things. To me, this is so lit, you guys. Not in terms of like lit, like this is cool. It is so lit in terms of lighting and in terms of like they're like pretty much shooting Chris through a cheesecloth at this point. It's like, it's like, can you put more Vaseline on the lens? Like how, like it's, it's like Facetune come to life or just makeup, all of it. But Kim, to me, I just like, I like the more, I, I like the, the, the Kim that just has a couple more, I, I don't know. She just looks sickly thin to me and tired. And how would you not be tired, right? And the blonde hair, I just don't dig. I feel like it makes her look exhausted. Plus, I think she probably is exhausted. Plus, she has lost a shit ton of weight this past year. I think that's okay to point out the obvious. But um, they're like, it's not just fashion week. It's couture fashion week, they say together. More punk rock music. And we find out that Kim will be walking in the Balenciaga couture fashion show. And you guys, like I said, know them. They're, of course, the company that promotes um, pedophilia. <laughs> I mean, like, at this point, I who knows? This company fucking seems wacky. And uh, Kim's like, I am here to walk in the fashion show. I have never done it before. And I'm like, holy shit, Kim has never walked before. And then I realized she just meant in a fashion show because i was like oh my god just put one foot in front of the other and you'll get there like but it truly is a big deal for kim and chris says paris is one of my favorite cities in the world it's magic chris always has like the marching orders of somebody that's like always positive it's like the person i can't be that i long to be of like every just like i wake up early as i can to face the day and i love everything i do and everything is so perfect like that's chris and I know, like, she can get intense and we don't really get to see that side of her. But, like, I, like she's like, yeah, yeah. And, of course, Paris is actually probably one of the most beautiful cities in the world. I've never been, Chris. Hint, hint. Um, in the car, we're in the car just getting chauffeured around. And Chris asks North, North, when's the last time that you were in Paris? And North goes, when I was six. She's nine now, you guys. She's like, <laughs> and then Kim's like, yeah, aunt was like, well, when did you? And she goes, it was when I performed. Uh, and aunt Cece's like, when did you perform? And Kim's like, it was at her dad's fashion show at the Yeezy fashion show. And aunt Cece's like, oh, that's right. You guys, I pulled, I did something a little special for you guys for the Patreon. I pulled, this is no joke. I pulled, this is the actual audio of the night where at the Yeezy Kanye fashion show, and it was actually a beautiful moment on the show, even though it's hysterical because it was the shot of Kim with the tear coming out of her eye, and North is basically like, rip a rip. If you're a wine lover like me, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, I get to discover new wines I'm guaranteed to enjoy. That's because First Leaf gets to know your unique preferences. To start, all you have to do is answer a few quick questions on their website about what flavors that I like, how often I drink wine, and if I prefer red, white, or rosé, or a combination. Now, based on my answers, First Leaf curated an amazing selection of wines just for me. And when I rate those wines, my wine selection gets even more tailored. You guys, I have to tell you, I got a free shipment with them, but I kept my membership going because I liked it so much. I swear to God, I got this great Sangiovese. I got a Malbec. Uh, I did get a Rosé as well because I have a combination and I am loving it. 
Best of all, I get to choose when I want my box delivered and how often I get new assortments of wine. Being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has its perks. As a member, I get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. Plus, I get member-exclusive pricing on every order, so you can continue to order the ones that you love. So, join the club today with me and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash so good to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash so good. Tryfirstleaf.com slash so good. Elevating my style used to mean breaking the bank, but with Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at prices I can actually afford. Now I can upgrade my style by snagging killer luxury essentials that sync with my vibe and my wallet. You guys know I've got a blue linen blazer. Now I have a black leather jacket, and I have my eye on this Italian suede trucker jacket. I think that's going to be my next purchase. So Quince creates timeless essentials that never go out of style. You're going to have them in your closet forever. Quince has all the must-haves, like Mongolian cashmere crew neck sweaters from $50, iconic 100% leather jackets, and versatile flow-knit activewear. With all Quince items, everything is priced 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. How do you not love that? So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS weird Lord of the Flies style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town, to The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and then were made to compete in a beauty pageant. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition show between women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. Tomorrow, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Does anyone here know the lyrics? Ruben! Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version. With four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tomorrow, only on Disney+. Plus. Here is an extent, I mean, this is an extended cut of what North said. Feel free to skip ahead like a minute and a half if you don't want to hear this. Chips? Oh. 
Listen, I, I, the sad thing is she's going to be doing the same song when she's like 35. No, no, actually she was six and she performed this and it was like, listen, to have that kind of confidence shows you truly who she came from, Kanye and Kim. And, you know, I was actually just listening to that back while I put it in the edit and I was like, you know what? There are parts of this that I think I like. Or maybe I'm just convincing myself. Like, maybe it's that easy to make a song. Like, what are those? These are clothes. So we get to see a little bit of that uh, video of North performing at the show going, whoa. And Kim goes, North loved it and was not nervous at all. And she also lets us know she really wanted to bring North on this trip because she really wants to see North and show her that her mom enjoys what she does for a living. She wants her kids to grow up loving what they do like she does. She wants them to find their passions and find out how to make a business out of them, which is very Lisa Barlow. Like, you've got to do a fresh wolf. Come on, do skincare. It's me, Lisa Barlow. Tin roof, rusted. Um, but I love this theory, right? Like, in theory, this is awesome. Like as a mom, you want to show your mom, like kids, that you have you're passionate for something. The thing that I worry, or that the, the, the problem I foresee here, and this is me having zero kids uh, that I know about. No, I know, I I know, I don't have any kids. Um, is that you know she's showing the kids this height heightened lifestyle? Like I hope she also gets to show them and brings them to the prison reform stuff that Kim works on. Or, you know, I, I hope she introduces them to a microbiologist or to lawyers and all of this, you know, to see her do all of these other things. Like this is the exciting part of this. And, you know, she wants to show all the work that goes into this, but I also hope that they're able to see that there's other professions for them, that they can find businesses and that they don't have to be, it's not only that you're successful if you're a millionaire, there are other litmus uh, tests for 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 success in life, or at least I want to believe that. 
Uh, in the car, Kim reads the schedule, and it is stacked, you guys. Eiffel Tower at 1.30, lunch 2.30, fitting 3.30, take a shit at 4, Hermes 4.30, Balenciaga 6. So that is a full day. And, you know, this is, like I said, you would be like, whoa, but Kim gets off on this. I have a similar schedule. It's just not as exciting. It's just like uh, interview here, edit here, interview here, edit here. And it's exciting in its own way, but you're just like, wow, this is just wild. Uh, Chris and Kim are doing joint confessionals while in Paris, like I said earlier. And Chris says, I think one of the cutest stories about you, the first time we were in Paris together, Kim, I think was when we went on a media tour in 2007 and we decided to walk to Gucci and they show actual clips of Chris and Kim in 2007 and the paparazzi's like blow as a geese game blow as a geese 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 and kim's like mom this sounds like the brattiest story ever and chris is like well let me just tell you and let me just tell it and that's the truth it doesn't mean that you know we were and kim's like well we decided to walk to a different store and chris is like okay we decided to walk to a different store and then there must have been a hundred photographers and for some reason i trip and of course they show the footage of her just I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the guy in me, but any like any fucking time anybody falls, you guys, I'm, I think it's, I think it's hysterical and it's one of those things that's never funny, but for some reason, I don't know what it is, but I think somebody, can I tell you something horrible? Uh, Let me tell you, there was, I used to work at Harkins movie theater in, um, in Arizona at uh, fashion square mall. Shout out to all the Harkins theaters out there. They're an Arizona chain of theater, movie theaters. And I used to work there. And I remember there was this one sad film. Like what you would dare, like, because you, I, I was part of, you know, a rotating crew. Sometimes I did clean up after movies, you know, and sometimes you work the concession or tear the tickets and very exciting, very my first taste of showbiz. And there was this really sad movie that I would come in at the end of and you would, I would always notice people would just be sobbing. And so I thought it was, I was probably trying to, I think it was like this girl, Amy, I was trying to impress or something. I don't even know now that I say this, how this is impressive in any way, but I would do, I would have my little, um, you know, your little, the, the thing with the, the broom and the, the thing that catches the stuff. What's that? The catcher, the dirt catcher and the broom that the, the dirt cat guys i don't know maybe i i have i'm having sundowners i don't know, like half the words i just don't know anymore it's just it's so fun it's fun um the broom and the, the thing that anyways i would do a pratfall and a pratfall is just a gigantic fall so i would walk down the movie aisle at the very end of the movie when people were crying before they got up as the credits were rolled and i would like trip over i would make the broom trip me and i would just stumble down and I always just thought it was the funniest and it was totally disrespectful and but I have to say I saw Chris drop here and I I laughed out loud and Chris goes I did a face plant right on the cobblestones I scraped my leg I was so upset and so nervous and and Kim knew how nervous I was going to be I was shaking and Kim looks up at the guys and says she goes don't anybody take a picture of my mom and we see the footage of Kim going 
if you've got any pictures of her, you have to delete it. And she's saying it with a smile on her face. But it's cute. And it's, a you know, it's like showing that Kim is a protector overall. It is there, you know, that, that Kim does have that in there. And Kim is also very, you could say the protector, but she's also aware of image. So she's also like, yo, that's on film. I don't want that ever out there. Kim is so in control of her image. You know, she is her mother's uh, daughter through and through, but even more intense. And Chris goes, and that's one of Chris's first memories in Paris with Kim. And I was like, okay, good. good that's an amazing memory, Chris. And uh, Chris goes, Cece, we're in Paris. And Aunt Cece's like, or her cousin's like, oh, I know, I know. We cut to Los Angeles, California. We're at Kylie's co- Kylie Cosmetics office. Kylie's being a girl boss, you guys. There, There is stuff happening around this office. We are very busy. And it's Kylie stylist Alexandra Granquist and McKinsey showing her some dress ideas because she is going to the Billboard Music Awards. I think she's been invited by Travis Scott, or maybe she just got her own. No, she got invited by Travis. And this was one of those things. It is so recent in memory that they actually took photos as a family, which was just shocking because Travis usually was in like not taking pictures with Kylie mode. And they also brought Stormy. And it was like a lot of people said that she did this to cover up for Astro World or to give Travis a good image. I don't know, man. I think from the outsider's perspective, the little I know, it seems like Kylie really wants Travis to like her. Uh, wants to wants Travis to love her. And it seems like Travis really likes her. It does not seem like Travis loves her. Um, but who knows? When your life is that big, you just, things, you know, there's just, like I said, a whole layer that we could not possibly fathom. And you're like, well, there's still just basics in a relationship. But I don't know. I feel like they've almost made allowances for men in their life to, 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 I don't know. I think they have, I don't know. I really, I really don't know. I really try to think about this, but it always seems like Chris encourages them to stay. Uh, but anyway, she's like, I'm just going to go and support Trav. I just got back from the Met and now I'm fitting for the Billboard Awards. And she tries on some different dresses and she's like, you know, she ends up even, you know, the one that she ends up with, the Balmain dress. Okay, you guys, we have a new sponsor for this episode specifically. And I got to be a part of this today and I thought it was just the coolest thing ever and it also revolves around a podcast that you may know called ask rana uh, and it also has brian Safi in it as well but uh what it basically is it, i mean this is by the way the perfect holiday gift especially for right now but i'm gonna go through the whole thing but it's basically a club that sends you a cocktail box each month and then they have a link that like sets it up for a kiki where you can get on and i did like a zoom with a bunch of people making a cocktail today that was awesome i mean this cocktail that we made today it was the uh the sherry cobbler and they send you all of the ingredients to your door and i'm telling you this stuff is amazing i I will get into the stuff in a second but uh the ad is basically looking for an extra special holiday present for that impossible to buy for mother-in-law or fabulous friend who has everything they need look no further give them the gift of luxury and ask rana social club cocktail box you guys by the way I'm getting this for my dad. 
period. Like I was like, this is perfect. I want to give this to myself as well. Um, it is brought to you by Rana Glickman and Brian Safi of the hilarious advice podcast, Ask Rana with Rana and Brian. Brian is in parentheses. Uh, back by the way, Brian Safi actually, I he did my web series like a decade ago called Talking Marriage, and he's just one of the best actors out there. And Rana, of course, is an actress as well. This is a, a character and an amazing. Ca- she just cracked me up in the Zoom so hard today. Um, so Rana and Brian are known for their big hearts and their exquisite taste, especially Rana. The Ask Rana Social Club is the place to be this holiday season. So what I love about this also was it it's not just them sending you this unique cocktail to make, but they had, um, you know, a mixologist on there with them. And you were invited to a Zoom, which was kind of like a party. And it was like, like half like it was like a comedy show where I was like felt like an idiot because my video was on and I was just laughing the whole time. Thank God I was muted, but I was laughing my ass off. They were just the funniest. And on top of it, you guys know that I love, I love a drink or two. Um, so the ARSC isn't just an exquisite monthly cocktail box. It's a way of life. You guys, that is right. Every month you're going to receive a curated box delivered directly to your doorstep, complete with a fabulous cocktail recipe or wine, as well as the ingredients needed to make them. We're talking, you guys, a full-sized bottles from some of the most exciting and innovative independent distillers. There's no mini bottles. Rana and Brian are very, they are super-sized, baby. Um, And these are, I'm looking at full-sized bottle. There's this, um, what is this? This is like, it's cider vermouth for this drink, the sherry cobbler. And then they have this, uh, this beautiful sherry that is in this drink. And they even sent like these beautiful, like it seems like metal cocktail straws and all of the ingredients that you need to go with them. This showed right up to your, my door. It was awesome. Uh, there's a few more goodies in here to complete the experience, all curated in partnership with Connor McKee of Fiasco Wine and Spirits in Brooklyn. And Connor was actually on the uh, the Kiki that we did earlier, and he was awesome. He walked you through making the drink. Uh, if that wasn't enough, you also get an invitation, like I said, to the exclusive AR Social Club monthly Kiki live event, which is what I said, a virtual tasting, where you get to mingle with Rana, Brian, and Connor. You get to talk if you want, uh, or you can just listen to them, and they, like I'm just saying, it may me so happy. I was kind of like, oh, I got to go to this thing at five o'clock on Zoom. And then it turned out to be flipping awesome. And it kind of made my night. So you can purchase a monthly membership from like a 20% savings by doing it through here with a three month commitment, then cancel any time after that, or you can purchase a single box, buy it for yourself. You deserve it. I'm talking to me, Ryan, buy it for yourself. Do it. You deserve it. Um, or as a gift and this month only ask Rana is offering even more holiday options, including a holiday cocoa gift box from Lux confectioner, Angelina Paris available in a naughty version, which means with booze or nice, which means without and a mold wine spice set and collaboration 
collaboration with Rare Tea Cellar. So these are like quality products. I'm telling you, I'm looking at these bottles and it's one of those kind of things like they're kind of cool bottles just to show off. So if you do have guests, you're like, hey, check out. Uh, oh, oh, you see my fancy uh, my fancy liquor bottles? Yeah. Um, visit Ronica.com. That's R-O-N-N-U-K-A-H.com. I always love when we can learn to spell together. That's Ronica.com for this month's AR Social Club and all their holiday offerings. All orders, AR Social Club orders, must be submitted by December 6th. 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 Wow, do I have a list? 6th. Okay, by December 6th, if you want included in on this holiday offer, you guys. So what are you waiting for? I'm telling you, this was really fun. And even if you don't do the kiki part of it, which is included for free anyways, you get this scent and you get to make a cool drink for your friends and your family or just yourself. And it makes you feel like you're a part of something. And I think it's just a really cute, cool, innovative awesome holiday gift, especially for you guys out there wondering like, what the hell am I going to get my friend or my parent? I'm telling you, this is the perfect gift. So remember, go sign up. All this information is going to be on the show description today, but I really, really had a blast. So this is the, uh, the Ask Rana Cocktail Club. Sir, And this week, So Bad It's Good is once again sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp. Now, listen, I talk about my own personal mental health all the time, and that includes um, things that I try to do to make my mental health better. That might mean hiking for me. That might take mean taking my antidepressants. It also means talking to my BetterHelp therapist. Um, there is, mm, I'm trying to think of the way to say this, is just there's so many in t- times in life where you wish that there was a user manual. You wish that you knew exactly the thing to do. And that's just like what life isn't. Is that unfortunately we don't have a manual on everything to do. So we sometimes, we all the time, we need to talk to somebody else. We need to get somebody else's opinion. We need to help be shown the right path in certain ways. Um, Sometimes when you don't have somebody to kind of bounce that off of, you feel stuck or I feel stuck. I have felt stuck all weekend, you guys. I have felt stuck uh, a lot. I'm making a lot of, I feel, really random poor choices. I've overworked myself. I'm doing a lot of things that you shouldn't do. And I need to talk to somebody I need to talk to my BetterHelp therapist more because navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel like really unsure. You know, it's you guys might have a career change. You have a new relationship. You're becoming a parent. Um, and therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. And we are all different. We really are. We're kind of these really weird, beautiful machines, but we can't just do it by ourselves. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, 100% online. Whether or not you've been in therapy before, um, it always helps to have a therapist um, because it helps you with coping skills. 
It also helps you with self-empowerment. It helps you deal with trauma for specific events. Um, and, and it's something that has always, always helped me. And I have to be honest with you, it sometimes scares me because it's the last thing you want to do. It's like when I complain to you guys about going to work out with my trainer because physically I don't want to do it. Sometimes it's the same thing mentally because you don't want to do it. It's like sometimes the last thing you want to do. But I swear, once you get out of there, you feel so much better and so much stronger. And I don't even care if that sounds cheesy. It's just really, really the case. And especially at the holidays, you guys, this is the toughest time of the year for some people. This is the time where we need this kind of stuff the most. Um, so as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online, plus it's affordable. So there goes two excuses out the window. You can do it online, you don't have to go anywhere, and it is affordable, which I know actually matters. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, this is important, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. So it couldn't be simpler. They try to make it really easy for you. There are no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. You can learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash so bad. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash so bad. Give this to, give this like a holiday gift to yourself, you guys. You've earned it and we're going to have to deal with the end of the year. And I would much rather have somebody to bounce things off of going into the new year. And I think that's where better help comes into play. And Kylie's like, look at that one. Look at the vagina on that one. And everybody keeps going like, cool, cool. This one is metallics. The blue one. Oh, really cool. Really cool. Everybody keeps saying cool. In a talking head, Kylie goes, I love the second dress, the ball mane. I love how it cinches me. I feel comfortable. And I was like, what? Are you going to have any weird baseball cap with like a fishnet over it like you did at the the Met, you silly, silly Billy? And she asks the people, does Bob Maine have shoes? And Kylie's like, it definitely took me a while after I had my baby to get back into it. I'm a mom, but I'm still so young. And these are the years that I'm supposed to be naked everywhere in the streets. On a beach somewhere with my titties out, my ass out. Fuck yeah. I mean, that's literally what she says. The producer goes, you're like my most fun interview. <laughs> and I'm like, stop kissing her ass, producer. Stop. And Kylie goes, oh, shit. I just feel like Kylie doesn't have a normal existence. And yeah, when you're young, that is the time to get, ha you know, that's what I always said to myself when I was in my early 20s. This is your time to have your dick and balls out, have your anus flopping out everywhere. I think we all say that to ourselves, but also, I also think it's okay to not be like that. You know, like I, I think, I don't know. Like, I feel like Kylie's almost influenced by the own culture. Her family helped create, like, you know what I'm saying? Like Kylie was like, well, that was your sister's Kylie. You don't have to do that. Right. Like what do you, like, what? I don't know. It all sells stuff, I guess. Um, but Kylie is not worried about her tits falling out. She says she likes the butt. Uh, Kylie says she feels beautiful and excited. And she's like, okay, guys, see you in Vegas. And now we're at Paris, France. And I wrote, still no Scott. 
which I just think, once I said at the beginning, no Scott, I think, no bueno. I think we need Scott. And you guys, Scott, I'm willing to bet, is willing to put his misery on screen. The problem we have is with Courtney doesn't want him brought up because it's part of her story as well. And she wants her story, as she keeps telling us, to be a fairy tale, a modern day fairy tale with her and Travis Barker. And in a lot of ways, it is. And if we were to let Scott on and Scott be real, because we do need uh, we do need tragedy in shows. We do need active drama and Scott could bring that, but then we would have to introduce the reason Scott's miserable is because of Courtney and Courtney doesn't want that. So it's literally like the chicken and the egg, like who we, we there's no winning. So we're just probably not going to see Scott. Kim says, it's been a long two days. I haven't been this nervous in a long time. What if I fall or something? She talks about walking in the show. Chris Appleton, her hairdresser, says, if you fall, you're going to do it. Do it with a serious face. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to laugh. And North comes in, and she is wearing an amazing fit, guys. She is wearing a piece of Kanye West history, his pastel jacket, which he wore at a performance in Paris where he won, when he won an award there. And North is like, what if, what if they don't know it's my dad's jacket and kim goes of course they'll know it's going to be a huge fashion moment and kim says kanye tends not to care about this stuff and gives it away this jacket was actually on the internet and i bought it last week and i was like dude how much did she pay for that like she's like kanye gives this shit away kim is that intense that she's like finding this shit on the internet and probably paying a lot of money a lot of money. And eventually that's probably going to annoy Kim because we get this next paragraph, which I'm about to read to you. But what I'm saying about is that that's how Kim Kim's mind works. It's so powerful. She's thinking about all of these moments that she needs to create. She says it's for her kids, that her kids are going to want this someday. But I, I think it's more than that. I think Kim looks for opportunity. I don't even think. I know Kim looks for opportunities to make people go, damn, because we did. We were like, oh, what a fun idea. That's so cool. What a historic thing. And now North is wearing it. She knew that was a good narrative. It's a good narrative. It's a, it's a part of history. And Kim still gets to be part of, and she probably won't want to be for much longer, but Kim at this point gets to be a part of still the Kanye legacy. Now, if Kanye is going to be considered cool, Kim wants to still be in on that, right? And she does have a family with this man, kids that she loves dearly. So why not get the benefit from also supporting her ex? And also making the kids look cool. Like, it's a win-win situation. It's just that I wonder how much Kim had to pay for this. Kim goes, now Kanye knows that I'm protective of, like, his stuff for the kids. Even now, when he was at the height of not speaking to me and being angry with me, he won a few Grammys. And I still reached out and was like, I know you just won a few Grammys. I gotta add them to the vault. And he goes, okay. And And she goes, because the kids want them, you know? And I want them. And then she looks at the camera and I want them all together. So I have them all together. And it's like, yeah, uh uh-huh. But also I think there is something, and you can say it for the kids and all that, but we do know how Kim is obsessive about storage and how she is stored. Like we've seen it on the show. She has this huge storage facility that is shockingly organized. And she's the same way with Kanye. And I think it is for the kids, sure. But I also think Kim does see it as, and one day it will be a museum. I truly like there's, and I'm not joking. Think about this. We just went through Ripley's Believe It or Not with Marilyn. 
You don't think she thinks that's going to be her too? Hell yeah, she does. And she knows what Kanye means to pop culture. I don't think she could have predicted where this is headed, but I think she might have had some probably some pretty intense think thoughts surrounding it. But like, I mean, we're in a whole different, uh, who knows? But anyways, I just love the fact that Kim has no shame. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to reach out for those Grammys. I know he's probably going to put him up his butt or something weird. He, he'll probably throw him away or give it, give it away. That's just his. And he probably would. He doesn't really care in that sense. But Kim, that oh man, Kim cares. And North goes, I don't want to be late, mom. We're going to be late. And uh, and can't, and you're going to be late. And Kim's like, I won't be late, North. Chris tells the camera that they're indeed waiting for Kim. And Chris has given them a five, or I guess Kim has given them a five minute warning about seven times. And Chris is like, punctuality is everything. And we see Chris in that dual talking head where they're getting set up for before Kim got there. And Chris goes, okay, guys, I have a hard out. I only have time now for one or two questions. It's all I can do. There's a lot of moving parts going on. And Kim sits down looking fatigued with that blonde hair that we saw at the beginning in their dual thing. And I just love, this was my, one of my favorite parts is that we actually got to see the behind the scenes of this. We actually got to see Chris Jenner go, guys, I can't do this. I got a hard out only hard out means you only, I only got five minutes, two questions. Let's go. And we got to see that, you know, they got a lot out of those five minutes because that's all they needed for the show. We got to see and they're all happy and professional. But we know behind the scenes that Kim was late, that Chris was pissed. Uh, So in a confessional, um, you know, Kim gets in there and Chris goes, there's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. You have to have a lot of energy, but you have to have a lot of patience and patience isn't my strong. And Kim stops her and smiles and goes, no, it's not. And I hope that I don't learn that. I hope that I don't inherit that. And Chris goes, oh, you already have, honey. You already did. Trust me. And Kim goes, but if there's anything that stresses me out, it's Chris Jenner. And Chris goes, yep. And Kim goes, That's the one thing in this life that stresses me out. This, by the way, is my favorite scene. This is the reality behind the reality, you know, of Kim going, and this is why I say one day we will see Kim overtake Chris. We will see her sweep the leg. We will say, I am the momager now. I am the main momager now. Me, me, Kimith Kardashianith. And Corey will be like, damn, damn, girl, I got to drop you, Chris. Like, it's going to be intense because people are like, Kim's going to like literally be visiting Chloe. Go, well, Chris has done a lot of good things for you. And Chloe's going to be like, she's she's our mom. Uh, I'm aware. Uh, Anyway, if you do sign with me, uh, I will take less of a commission for the first five years. And Chloe's going to be like, okay, I'll sign. And Courtney's like, ah, will you let me? Like, actually, Kim probably will let. Kim will be like, mom, you can keep, you can keep managing Courtney. Have fun. Knock yourself out. And you can manage Rob. She goes, I get the rest of them. I swear to God, this will, there will be an overtaking of Chris Jenner one day. And it will be from Kim. Mark my words. That's a so bad. It's good promise. So we get back to the scene. Kim's getting makeup in the actual scene away from the talking head. And Chris goes, okay, how many more minutes, Kim? My patience is wearing thin. So we just saw her patience being wearing thin in the talking head. And now this, and Kim goes five minutes. And Chris goes, yeah, that's the key. Keep me this jet lagged. My energy isn't all the way up. So I can't go crazy. And I'm like, go crazy. Wolf out. I want to see Chris Jenner wolf out for once. Uh, we come back. The crew is leaving the hotel. Chris and Corey, always there, gamble, are the first to leave. Then Kim and North. Kim is wearing a cl- camouflage shirt and neon Balenciaga boots. 
paparazzi's everywhere. They go into a sprinter van and Chris goes, there's the Eiffel Tower, kids. And North goes, wow, these are closed. Now she goes, wow, that's bigger than I thought. And Kim goes, we have to drive by at night. It sparkles every hour. And North goes, yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, I don't even fucking know. I've never been to Paris. Like, I don't even, I don't, you know what, to be honest, I don't think I'll ever go to Paris. Like, I, at this point, what would I go to Paris for? Like, I mean, I don't think I'll be walking in any shows. Is any there like any big podcaster glamour shoots or fashion runways in Paris for? I don't. I don't think I'll ever go to Paris. What? That's a shame, huh? I'll probably never go to Paris. It's like I'll never probably read a Jane Austen book. Like I always use Jane Austen for some reason. As like as I got older, I realized I'd probably never read Sense and Sensibility, and it made me sad because it's not something that I would go out and search out to read. But yet, I'm sure it's very beautiful. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you ever have that thing where you're like? I probably am not going to read Jane Austen at this point. And I'm probably not going to see Paris. Okay, that got oddly sad. Um, and Chris says, I think I can relate to a bit to what Kim is doing these days. You know, I, when I first had my first litter of kids, she literally says first litter of kids, Chloe, Courtney, Rob, and that other one, Courtney. Um, she goes, but then I had Kendall and Kylie and, you know, I had to really, that was when I was working. So I had to do that work balance, life balance. And Kim says, you know, um, you know, I think this is really actually just a fascinating thought too, is that we're seeing Kim do what Kris Jenner did earlier, but on steroids and with more power, more power behind her. Uh, so we go to this runway place where it, uh, cause Kim's also attending the Jean-Paul Gaultier Couture show. And we meet Olivier Rusting. Uh, Kim goes, my good friend who's designing the collection, Olivier is going to dress Kim, Chris, and North. Uh, and Kim goes, North, I've known Olivier since before you were a baby, and he gave Daddy this blue dress that Daddy wanted for me, and it was my birthday the year before you were born, and I wore that dress, and I got pregnant. You got in my be- <laughs> You got... I'm sorry, I'm starting to throw up a little bit in my mouth. And you got in my belly that night. I wore that dress. So Olivier might have little something to do with the reason you're on this planet. And I was like, this is truly insane. North is literally listening to her mom telling her how she got her fuck on with Kanye and how she got like North in the like, I got your dad to not wear a condom that night. (laughs) And by the way, this is sad because we found out later through one of uh, Kanye's last political speeches when he had that breakdown. Remember that speech where he talked about um, trigger. This is a trigger one. I'm going to talk about um, uh, the, the, the. God, I'm not really, somebody gave me the note about doing trigger warnings better. And it's, it's literally, it's just made me worse, but I was just wanting to talk, uh, or just mention that, uh, North remember they had had a hard time deciding if they were going to keep North or not. And Kanye had had that breakdown at that political speech, I believe, which was in Montana in 20, uh, 2020, right. Was that, or was that God? remember that he was in the the camo bulletproof vest and he just lost it he was crying and it was like a really bad thing like because you know that's a hard thing to have out there about you like north shouldn't have to read that about herself but north shouldn't also have to hear about how what the outfit is that made daddy get hard enough to get pregnant and uh north is just like eating these like chips awkwardly like i'm like even like i was like let's get her out of the room and like like olivia like the designer's like what do you want like a high five like wait wait a way to wait to dress kim where she got pregnant i mean 
Um, Kim in a confessional also goes, I pick and choose. Each kid gets at least one trip with me a year. North loves this. She's here with her mom and her grandma. And this reminds me a lot of how Kyle Richards will choose one. Like when I was fixated on why Kyle Richards took that one dog to Aspen and not the other dogs. And I was like, that's so, um, interesting, right? Like why, why does one dog get to go for Kyle Richards and not all the other dogs? And that I'm now comparing to Kim with kids. And like, what is she going to do with those other kids? Like North is the star, arguably the star kid, right? Like we can all admit that North is the star kid. I feel like North gets more than one trip. I feel like those other kids. And do you ever think they fight over like North? Like, yo, yo, shy, you're out. I'm in. You ain't going. You tell mom you feel sick. You ain't going. I'm going. Um, North goes, it's like you made me. Kim and North try on their looks from, from Olivier. North is wearing this jumper type black dress with sunglasses. And everybody's like, oh my God, you look so good. You look, uh, do you like it? Olivier is like, do you like it? And North is like, I like it. The producer says, North being on this trip is like teaching her a lot of what your mom taught you to Kim. And Kim goes, well, it always just shows you my daughter. It, it just all... It just also shows my daughter the work that I'm putting in. There's a whole business behind it. And so I like to show her that. Like, this is still fun for me. Work can be fun. I, I like this. I think the concept is good. I'm curious how this will all turn out for North. But I like what Kim is thinking about this. You know, I just find it. I just find it's like, like, just feel like it's just a minefield, though. There's a lot of. But life is a minefield. You know, like if my dad took me to work as a traveling salesman, that, that could have been bad. Who knows? North gives Kim suggestions for her hair. They take photos of North and Kim. They're both wearing chains on their noses. They hug and thank Olivier. And Kim says, we love our looks. Can't wait for the show. Ha ha. And, um, you know, I just uh, Corey's also just there in the background, as always. Creepy Corey. Uh, we're back to Los Angeles, California, and we're at Courtney's house, and we see the Kardashian Disick Barker family. They're sitting down for dinner, and Courtney's like, "Our family's expanding and growing." And Courtney's like, "The more kids, the merrier. We have all these siblings, more people to love." And it's Penelope, Travis, Alabama, Landon, but they are all on their phones, you guys. And Courtney goes, "Guys, should we have a no technology rule?" And Travis is like. Okay, when the food gets here, though, you guys got to put down your phones, okay? He has such a light voice. And also, there's this girl, Atiana, Atiana that's one of her daughters. And Travis is like, goes, babe, I'm going to do that rule with you every day. I love that rule. Travis is so fucking into Courtney. And Landon puts his phone in the middle of the table. And Travis goes, I love that, Landon. Good job. I love that. I, and it is cute. Like, he seems like a really good dad. Um, Courtney goes, I'm going to, I'm going to hide our phones over here. Uh, Penelope gives up her phone and Courtney in confessional says, Travis is so passionate about life. He's really an amazing father. Um, I love and appreciate you. Every oh, cause Travis goes, I love you guys. And I appreciate you every day. Uh, Courtney's like, I love that because we've all known each other for 10 years and all the kids have so many memories with each other, other that it can just continue to be like, we can have the best time together. And by the way, this is like what I'm saying. Like Courtney is the happiest. This is a weird scene, but you cannot argue with me that Courtney is not the happiest. And Travis, of course, pulls his Travis. I'm so hungry, babe. I'm so hungry, babe. I was shocked. He wasn't like, I need caffeine, babe. I need coffee. He has this obsession with coffee, but the ch Travis always in every scene, he says something about coffee or goes, I'm so hungry, babe. And he's like, like I would kill to be Travis Barker's like frame, like the, the skinniness. He's not, and the fact that he's always hungry, like his body just burns through the lettuce. 
And then they were like, okay, it's time for peak and pit. And this is what they do every day to go around and tell the peak of their day and the pit of their day, which I think is cool. Courtney's peak was having matcha with rain. <laughs> That's a big day. Uh, and her pit was Mason not coming to dinner because he has friends over. I'll put that in quotes. Uh, we don't see Mason a lot. And also, I did see a p- picture of Mason the other day. He kind of looked cool, actually. I don't know if it was like, it did look like a recent photo, and he looked kind of cool. So hopefully, you know, I don't know. Rain says, I like relaxing. He says, that's the peak of my day. And then he pulls a knife, and he goes, and this is my peak, child's play. Hey, that was it. Like, what the fuck? He literally just did Chuck, like, Chucky, like, wanna play? Like, I'm not joking. He literally pulled the the little knife, the little butter knife, like, and then Penelope goes, no one's laughing. Do you notice? And I'm like, what the fuck? And Rain's like, I do notice. It is wild. Uh, Travis's peak was drinking matcha, too, you guys. That was the peak of his day. Travis Barker's peak of his day was drinking matcha. This is Travis Barker. Like, he can fucking play an instrument, and the peak of his day was matcha? You know, I could fucking, I'd be like, I fucking made a new fucking song. Like, I wouldn't brag about doing it with Machine Gun Kelly, but I'd be like, I fucking am Travis Barker, and my peak of the day is drinking matcha? No, thank you. Like, celebrity's supposed to be aspirational. I don't want my peak of my day if I'm Travis Barker to be fucking matcha. But I guess, it, you know, he keeps him real. His pit was not being at the spa on a cleanse. So we're, we can all, you know. And I'll, anyways, the dinner gets brought out for them. And Courtney makes sure that the camera gets her going. Thank you so much for dinner, chef. Thank you. Thank you. And she goes, two families joining together. It's true love. A fairy tale. Rain runs around in his underwear shouting, Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne Johnson. He goes to bed in what is the largest bed I've ever seen as a child's bed. And Courtney goes, I'll be back upstairs in a bit for prayers and to scratch your back. Get in bed under the covers. And the literally the bed fucking swallows this kid whole. I still like, I love that this kid's running around in his undies screaming, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Like that's kind of what my nighttime ritual is as well. Plus moisturizer. We're back in Paris at the Balenciaga fitting and there's techno music and Kim's like today's been epic I'm headed in the longest part of my day getting fitted for Balenciaga fashion show that I'm walking in and Demna is, will be there Demna is the head designer of Balenciaga we always hear about this Demna you guys I well not anymore I think the partnership with Balenciaga obviously came from Kanye but I was just genuinely loving their clothes and wearing them all the time it was a really organic relationship that happened It's like me with Old Navy, you guys. But I love how Kim speaks in buzzwords. Like, it was a really organic relationship. Organic is a buzzword, you know? A relationship, a partnership that is, you know, that has been crafted over time. These are all very careful words. And she goes, I think those relationships are the best ones. Every day was a campaign. Anyway, just because that's what I genuinely love. So the fact that it turned into a real opportunity and now walking in this show means so much. And I was like, this is why you don't give someone power because they'll take it. Because this truly was a Kanye connection. And you're like, Kim got her way in there, man. And she's fucking killing it. Denma is um, uh, this this person that works for Balenciaga is telling them what to do. And they're like, how long do you need for this? Uh, 30 minutes? And Kim goes, no, 10. Chris, you can do that to Chris Appleton. And she says it so confidently 
that it's jaw dropping. You realize she's like, I've got my team in place and they're the best. And I do appreciate this moment of it, that she is ready to step up to this moment. There are those moments in our lives that, you know, like, like, can we step up to that? And Kim is ready to step up. And it really truly is kind of like that moment dropped me a little bit. I was like, damn, like Kim was like, no, 30 minutes. I don't need 30 minutes. We can do that in 10. Like this is a well-oiled machine. Kim says there's a lot of pressure because Denma is there. The big boss making sure everything is perfect on the outfit. Shit has got real. And all of a sudden so you sense this nervousness because Denma is there. And North even, even goes, what's what's going on? Like what? Like she even kind of like notices a change and they're like, wait outside. And we can sense the tension of meeting Denma, like North can sense it. And it's kind of one of those like snaps you back to reality of this false reality. And it really was very gripping for me. We cut to Las Vegas. Kylie is there. Stormy's there. You guys rise and shine. Uh, Kylie goes, you know what they say? And Stormy goes, what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And Stormy goes, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And Kylie goes, yeah. And she's like, our daughter is here to watch the show, and I love anytime she comes with us. I even let her order food for herself. And we see this really cute scene of Stormy calling room service on her mommy's lap. And Stormy goes, I'm going to fire you and buy you if you don't give me chicken tenders and french fries. No, she just says, chicken tenders and french fries. And the lady's like, french fries? French fries? Yeah. And she goes, a hamburger for mommy. And... <laughs> She really does. And it's really cute, actually. And Kylie's like, it's all about family. We have a really close relationship. We really do. And um, I just also find it funny. Stormy does have the power to probably get that lady on the other end of the phone fired. Kylie says, I never force my daughter to do anything. I always give her the option. She's not leaving her mommy and she gets it. And she loves to come with me anywhere. And to the camera, Stormy says, I love Vegas. And Kylie goes, I love Vegas. I do. I love it too. Probably a little different now. My Vegas is probably a little different. And then she goes, you're my best friend to Stormy. Yes. Because you're my, it's true. Okay. So now we're back in Balenciaga in Paris, France. Denma is there. Kim goes, hello. And she admits she's really nervous. She goes like, I don't know why I'm nervous. If it's a big deal. It's, I mean, the head designer of a house that wants to start a relationship with me. You kind of have one shot, one opportunity, one moment. Nah, nah, nah. And it is that eight mile moment. Like, Oh, mom spaghetti. And you just sense this big moment happening for Kim and she knows it. And she's just trying to look as dead as possible because that's what sells in fashion. Denma loves the look on her. Like, oh, I love this. Are they very good? I love, love, love. And Kim's like, I'll never disappoint anybody. And that's just who I am. I always want to be easy to work with and efficient and professional and get the job done. <laughs> I like to disappoint everybody. No, no, I, I feel like I work very hard, but I don't go this extra mile like Kim does. It is something really, truly, I watch this and I do admire, I, I swear to God, I'm not joking. I really, truly admire this about Kim and I want to be more like this. Um, Denma says, you know, I like the dress looks, it's nice. Why do we don't see the back though with your hair? They can't, we can't see the back of the dress. Can we put your hair in the bun? Can we put that? And Chris Appleton jumps in like, okay, we put the hair in the bun. Great, great. And Denma's like, is it really the first time that you walk the show or you do it before? And Kim goes, yeah. So it's a premiere, really, what? 
and Kimbo said, yeah, I mean, I walked, don't laugh, I walked a show, do you know, like, Ed Hardy? And I was like, Kim, don't do this, don't tell him this. And Demo's like, yeah, but they, they're probably way long ago, right? And Kim was like, 2006, that was my debut in LA Fashion Week. And we see a picture of that moment, and she's like, so I have evolved. And, and Demo's like, okay. And Kim goes, Ed Hardy, <laughs> Kim goes, Ed Hardy to Balenciaga Couture. And Demma's like, well, with everything that we've been doing together, it's just perfect. You know, I wouldn't say that it is expected because it's not. People don't, they don't expect you to see you walk in the show. They expect to, to, to see you at the show. But that I love, I love. I like the kind of hitting of like, they don't expect you to walk. They don't expect somebody of your height and your stature with your big gigantic bosom and butt to walk in our show. No. Kim's like, it's so cool that North will be here and my mom and my cousin Cece. Demi Moore gave me really good advice because I just said that I'm walking in a show. I didn't tell her what show, and I don't remember what that advice was, but it's in my text message. It's really good. I'm going to look at it before. It said something like, she goes, anytime I do something I'm nervous about, think about what you're receiving instead of what you're giving. Or maybe it's the opposite way. I don't know. I'll reread it. And I'm like, Kim, what the fuck are you saying? What the fuck are you, like, Demi Moore? Like, she wanted to name drop Demi Moore and then didn't even know what the fuck she was saying. And she's like, and, and Demi's like, well, maybe you let's reread uh, the phone, uh, the message when you want. <laughs> you know, like, he's like, oh, my God, holy shit, what uh, what a dum-dum. Um, then uh, he Kim then tries to throw some sisters under the bus. She goes... Uh, Demo's like, oh, don't be nervous. Just walk the way you normally walk when you're at home. And Kim goes, at home with Kendall, though, right? Not at home with Courtney. <laughs> you know, like implying that Kendall knows how to fashion walk and Courtney's just Courtney. And she's like, I'm so nervous all of a sudden. I'm not a runway model, you know? And like the the couture relations, Johan Fleury, the director of Balenciaga, they're all there and he's like, don't worry, don't worry. And they take her backstage to show where the lineup will be, where someone will tell her to walk out on the stage and there, you know, she comes like, I'm just finishing rehearsal at 2 a.m. I gotta be up at 7 a.m. and start this all over again. And she's like, I'm a lunatic. I'll land in Paris, go do a photo show, go do this, go change my look a million times, do this, do this, but it's a commitment and we're here. And I just, this is really a powerful moment because at the end of it, you're like, there's like kind of like a sadness there. And I was like, this is what I said earlier. I was like, no wonder Pete didn't work out. Like these commitments will always mean more and the family will always mean more. She didn't have time for a Pete. Pete is not the right person for her. I don't think Pete could be locked down. It just, it just, it it makes it more and more clear that why this didn't work. Back from commercial, Chris is at a restaurant with Kim's cousin, CC, and they only have a bit of time before the show. So they are at Caviar Caspia and they're just doing a whirlwind, um, you know, just a little caviar baked potato moment like Kathy Hilton. And Cece is just thinking profusely like that you that 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 I I that I got to be here, you know, and Cece's like, this is amazing. Like, imagine growing up with his family and Chris says, and Cece cheers to Paris and Cece says, uh, all of these years I've been reading fashion magazines, just wishing to be in the front row at a show. And it's crazy. And then to have Kim walk and Cece starts crying and Chris goes, and I love that Kim wanted to share this with you. I love that she has that heart. And Cece goes, I know she's so kind to me. And Chris goes, because she knew how much it would mean to you. It's your passion. And Cece goes, can I say one thing? You made it happen. This would never have happened if it wasn't for you. I'm being serious, Chris. You've managed them. You've taken this to the top. 
you got, you know, but it's true. It's true. I mean, but I love that CC is like, this is that scene, you know? And Chris is like, well, I think being here this week, it made me realize how proud I am of all of them, even Rob. But to just understand and realize how Kim has learned how to like, it makes me want to cry. She finds a balance somehow that works for her. It might not be a balance for you or me. She's a mom. She's a superstar. She's a superstar, Chris says. There is not a wrinkle on Chris Jenner's skin, by the way, during the scene. And Cece is aging naturally and is a beautiful woman in her own right. But just it's very different if you look from person to person. You're like, what the fuck? And Cece goes, she's a superwoman. And Chris goes, and just when you think she can't go anymore, she goes some more. It's law school, fashion show, it's travel, it's Paris, it's Big Dick Pete, it's every city on the planet. She literally has figured out how to deal with everything she wants to do in her life and figure out how to go there and get it. And she truly has. She truly has. It's wild. And I sense and things like this, and this is just me reading into it, that Chris is starting to sense a little scared. Like she's feeling a little fear, like scary, like... I don't know if this is right. You know, like, uh, this is too much. It's going out of, uh, this is out of my control, you know? And their joint confessional, Kim goes, the story I tell everyone that I don't care if, you know, it was like the summertime on a Sunday. If it was past 7 a.m. and we were not up, it was a problem. Chris would intercom the entire house. It's time to get up. You won't be lazy. And then if we weren't up and if bedspreads, you know, if we weren't up, drapes weren't open, she would just rip the bedspreads away from us. If we weren't up by 7.30 and she would say, get up, you you get up. You're not going to be lazy. And I don't even know what she had us do, but we had to get up. And I was like, except for Rob, probably Rob doesn't seem like he has that kind of training. And Chris goes chores. You had to do chores. And Kim goes, and it ended up working in our favor. But at the time you're just like, why is mom torturing me? Why can't I have cool parents that let me sleep in? And Chris goes, I'm really cool. And Kim goes, I know you are, but I'm saying now I'm grateful. It helped me parent and pushed through. I don't care if I'm annoying. I know it'll be beneficial for them later. And the fucking lighting on their face, you guys, is just jaw-dropping. It is so lit up. So now we go back to the win in Vegas, and it's fun music, you guys. And Kylie's getting ready to go to the Billboard Awards, and the assistant asks, are you ready for this? And she goes, I am. Any night that I get to see Travis perform, I am there including Astroworld. She didn't say that, but like Stormy takes Kylie's hand and they get ready to leave. Stormy is wearing a one shoulder white dress and sneakers. We see some red carpet pictures and footage from the billboard event, her and Stormy, no Travis though. And this is what I was talking about. There are decisions being made here creatively that I'm so curious about because we did see the photos of the three of them together on the red carpet. Why don't we get to see any footage of them on the show? Do we act like, is there uh, something in the contract where Travis will not be seen on this show you guys might know this more than i do but i feel like that that's a definite choice like there's no way that's not a choice now we go back to paris france at balenciaga kim exits her car at balenciaga wearing all black and sunglasses she says it's really nerve-wracking to be coming in here and walking in front of all the people the cameras and the live stream but she says it's exciting for people to see that i'm walking it's gonna be a day of the the it's a show it's like a fun surprise for everybody uh, she goes, they finished their fitting and re- we finished our fitting and rehearsing last night around 1.32 in the morning. And I woke up at 6.48 before my 6.55 set alarm. I hate when I do that, you guys. I had an alarm set for 8.30 today and I woke up at like 8.20. And it's like pisses you off sometimes because you're like, fuck, I've only got 10 more minutes. So like, even if I go back to sleep, you know that it's not going to be deep. You know, you just got that precious seven minutes left. 
And Kim goes, I guess that nervous energy is good. <laughs> Tracy Romulus reminds Kim to focus on her walking. And she asks if Kendall gave her any advice. And she's like, what would Kendall do? And Kim, once again, throws her fucking, like, she, uh, Kendall would walk like this and walks perfectly. And she goes, this would be Chloe and, like, sticks her ass out. And she goes, this would be Courtney and literally, like, farts on herself. Like, it is so mean. They FaceTime Kendall and Kim's like, hey, Kendall, what's going on? I'm just here at the Balenciaga. I just want to get a little advice, a little Kendall magic. And Kendall's just like, oh, no smiling, don't smile. And Kendall, we're like, okay, Kendall. Kendall's like, don't show any human emotion ever in your life okay and she's like i need some kindle vibes and okay dead in the face be dead in the face no smiling kim pees like three times she also lets us in on a fascinating story that she travels with a cup in the back seat of her car and a ziploc and wet wipes in case she has to pee she also brings a thermos she says and it made chris almost throw up on the way to palm springs like what the fuck is going like this is what i'm saying like what like I thought I was the one that peed in thirst buster cups. Like what this that cause that's I'm Ryan. I'm not Kim Kardashian. She's peeing in Ziplocs. What is the zip like what is okay, what is the thermos for? What is the thermos for? And then what's the ziplock for? Like, do you put the ziplock over the thermos? What what where does the are we peeing directly into the ziplock? And if we are, then what's the thermos for? And then the wet wipes were cleaning up areas. You're in million dollar cars for the love of God. I know you don't want to stop off at an AMPM, but my God, this is scary. Also, I would pay for a ziplock of Kim's pee. If anybody can get, uh, if anybody can do that for me, I would truly, really appreciate. If anybody could do me a solid over at the Kardashian camp, would love just a small ziplocky of that pee pee. North and her friend walk out of the store to paparazzi by themselves, and North is a kid, and the fans are like, North, North, and North comes back inside to mom. She's like, "There's a whole crowd for me, and they're yelling at me." And Kim's like, "What were they saying?" And they were like, "Get back with Daddy." No, they were saying North, North, and Chris goes. They were screaming. It was so fun. And North goes, they were screaming. And Chris goes, I know, right? We should both walk out there next time with a glint in her eye. Kim tells us, it's so special to be able to travel with my mom. And I never want to take these times for granted. And I also know she's like the best grandma and wants to show North everything when I'm, you know, like working. Chris, by the way, is wearing those like Bono fly glasses. She like, like I, I just always just try to mag- imagine my grandma in what Chris Jenner would wear, and it just never lines up in my head. But anyway, she goes, it's the most special. Now Kim's in the model lineup backstage. She looks so tiny. Her head looks so massive. And also she has to pee again. And now that's where I throw up in my mouth a little bit because I'm thinking right again to the Ziploc and the thermos. Uh, Kim's getting touched up by Chris and some photos are taken. The runway starts and we see all the Balenciaga models. And they all have motorcycle-like black helmets covering their faces. Very Daft Punk. And Kim walks last. No helmet. But she has on the black dress. And Chris says... Kim is perfect to be able to sit here and watch North watch her mommy walk. (laughs) Just walk. Walk a runway is just wonderful and one for the memory books. Walking is fun. I will say I love a good walk. Got to be in the mood for it, but I love a good walk. And um, we see more of Kim's robot walk. It is very robotic, you guys. And she is very dead face. I don't know walking, but I don't know. Like, I, you know, she didn't fall. So there's there's that. I don't know. Was this good? Who knows? 
there's applause and Kim's like, we did it. And Kim's like, that was a crazy bucket list experience. And Tracy Romulus is like, oh my God, you did so good walking. And Kim was like, oh my God, for two minutes, I'm really happy I did it. And Kim goes, it feels like I've come a long way. You know, it's so validating that people this high up in the fashion world gave the, gave me this opportunity. Like it was so, so cool. And she goes, did I look nervous? And Tracy's like, no, you didn't look nervous. Um, and, uh, she goes, I wasn't, I wasn't nervous. I, she did say that she couldn't look at North because she was worried about laughing. And I thought that was kind of a cute moment is that North makes her laugh. And I do think there is a distortion reality field around Kim. Cause Kim realizes, and it even says this of like, this is wild. Like imagine North. And she's like, I would have loved to have been this girl. And I'm giving North this opportunity. And I almost think North is just genuinely funny and makes Kim laugh. But I also think it's funny where Kim does get a kick out of the experience she is able to give these people that she created. In that blue dress that Kanye got her pregnant in. Chris tells Kim in their joint confessional that Kim looked beautiful and graceful. So just flat out lies to her. And she's and Kim's like, I did so much better in rehearsal walking. And she's like, Kim North was beaming at you and was so proud of you. We were all so excited. And Chris goes, I wanted to woohoo, but she would have killed me. And Kim's like, we learned from Kendall. That is not what you do. We learned that this season, actually. Now, Kim's in makeup again. The last thing on the schedule is the Jean-Paul Gautier Couture Show. Kim and Yosef make fun of how Chris says Saint Laurent, Louis Vuitton, and Balenciaga, which I don't really know how to say either. So I'm going to just try to like, they're like, <laughs> Chris, you say Saint Laurent. And Chris is like, what is it? Saint Laurent? And no, it's Saint Laurent. And they're like, Chris, you say Balenciaga. And Corey's like, yeah, she does balls. And, uh, <laughs> But Kim's making like Kim loves to like this is what okay this is why like I think also kind of like sometimes a, a gentle middle finger to Kim with the trolls online. Kim is one of the biggest trolls in life of her own fucking family. So there's all this stuff about Kim like people are so mean online. I'm like Kim, you are mean in real life to your family. Like this is wild. Um, Kim goes, she messes up every name. It's cringy. And Chris goes, she's cringing. And Kim goes, but she'll be like, hey, so yeah, this is so much fun. Oh my God, we're going to go to the Louis Vuitton store. And then she'll like change her accent in the middle of her real voice. And I'm like, oh, what? Where? And it's just like, Chris goes, Coco Chanel. Chris practices Balenciaga. And Chris goes, it takes 15 people to tell me how to talk to cameras these days. And she looks around nervously. I'm telling you, Chris, I think there's a little bit of, I'm telling you, I think this hip thing really shook her up. Kim reminds everyone that they're leaving at 530 and they cannot, she cannot be pressured. Although also all of a sudden I'm like, where is Corey? Like this is like, you just see him in the background. Sometimes just eerily creep in kind of like that girl in the ring or like sometimes and when he's not there, I'm kind of worried. Like, where is Corey? Does Corey just lay somewhere stagnant? Does he just like lay there? Like running, like, like just stagnant water. Like what is Corey? Like, is Corey allowed to go down to the, like, does he go down to the like bar in the hotel and like, just try to talk to strangers? What does Corey do? Like Chris, <laughs> sorry, Corey. Chris tells us Paris has been amazing whirlwind. It's been a great 36 hours, a blast. 
Cece gets out of the, the car first at the store. North gets out of the car, too, even though Kim is trying to tell her to take her nose chain out first and wait for her. But she doesn't because she's Northwest, damn it. Kim goes, I love when North is like feeling herself, the glasses, the hat. Like, I just I'm so happy that she's loving this experience. That just makes me happy. What a lucky girl. Honestly, that's crazy. They uh, she goes, they put invites on each side seat and she took the pin out of Cece's purse and she wrote stop really big on the invite and she just like held it up to the people across from her just being like do not take a picture of me and i was dying i was like she probably wanted to write help like i love but that is a very kanye thing it's very artsy it's very performance art for northwest to write stop to hold up for the and by the way damn i wish i had got i got a photo of that stop and i love that kim was like no girl Green light means go. You, we never tell these people to stop. Keep going. That is our bread and butter. Um, it is a very weird moment. We see a few Gautier models go by. Gautier. We also see Kim is sitting directly next to Vogue editor Anna Wintour. If you've heard of her, Kim says, uh, it's been an amazing trip. You know, we walked in a couture show, attended a couture show uh, with my mom and daughter. The designer hugs Kim at the show. And... Chris hugs Kim in the confessional that she said she only had a couple minutes for. And she goes, I'm proud of you as always. You're my little girl. Even when you're 40 years old, I still feel like you're 12 or 13. And Kim goes, well, don't I look it? And Chris goes, you do. Just lies flat out to her face. I mean, this, I mean, what, what a power, this is a power couple right here. Really, truly. I mean, like, and also you cannot, like, I always just feel like Ray J should pop up in moments like these. Like it should be a triple talking head of like, don't forget about me. And like, we never do. The most important of it all, Kim was able to share these moments with her family, friends, and especially having the mother, daughter, grandma moments with North and Chris. And now we see clips of Corey. Now he's back and all of them shots of the Eiffel tower, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden July 28th, 2022, bum, bum, bum. Chloe's house, Los Angeles, California. Kim is taking handheld footage on her phone. And this is how we began the season, folks. Kim goes, Chloe just called me and her surrogate has gone into labor early. I'm at Chloe's house to pick her up. This is how we started the season. And then we see we're at Cedar sinai Hospital and Chloe goes, oh my God, this is not real. We see footage of the actual birth. Chloe's in the room and has both hands on her head. The baby, when the baby comes out, the nurse uh, says, he looks just like True. And I'm like, calm down, nurse. The song in the background is, hey, it's a good day hey it's a good day they hand the baby to chloe chloe facetimes true who goes i want to take baby brother baby brother i want to see baby brother (laughs) true chloe's like who do you want to see she goes baby brother baby brother i want to see baby brother and then we're in the car with Chloe and the baby on the way home. And Kim's like, just like that. We have a family. Back at Chloe's house, Chris comes and uh, Chloe is holding the baby with a blank, a full blanket over this baby. And Chris go- comes in and goes, oh, my goodness, there's our little man. There's our little eventual cheater. And Chloe is holding the baby to her chest with a blanket over his head. So we can't see the baby's face. And Chris goes, life is good. And a new baby in the family is magic. And I love when when Chris says shit like this. I'm like, I literally am like, it truly probably is magic. It's like voodoo or some shit. Like Chris goes, a new baby's here and it's magic. He's such a blessing. God has a plan and this baby was meant to be here and Chloe gets to be a mommy again. So that's really, really special. And I'm really excited about that, Chris says. And this is where I'm like, Courtney needs to play ball a little bit more with Chris. Because I feel like Chris does have powers 
over everything. Like, I feel like Courtney needs to be a little nicer to Chris and maybe this baby will come easier that they're trying to have. But Courtney, this is just shit I make up in my mind. But Courtney, of course, is trying to do things her way, you know? Cor- um, uh, Chris goes, she's, he's delicious. I hate when kids, I hate when adults call kids delicious. Like, no, like fucking pizza's delicious. Kids are cute. If, uh, if sometimes like I, you know, I was a cute guy. I don't know what happened to me, man. I had like, I was a cute for a couple years and then it just all fell apart. Uh, really awkward. And then I got like, like look like decent looking for one of the high school years and then it all fell apart again. And then like one, now all college was a wash. And then when I got into my real life, you know, there was like all horrible looking. And then when I was like 25 or 26, I looked good for like a year. And it was when I had the chin pubes, the chin beard, but it was like, it actually was like the time of like, it worked, you know? And like, I it was like really good looking for that year. And by the way, that's, I wanted to tell you guys, remember when I told you I had that conversation with my sister last week and I was going to tell you more about it was like, we were, we were talking about heaven and she has very specific views on heaven that I think her church touched. I mean, teaches her or the Bible teaches her. I don't know. And she said, because I was like, well, we're just all energy anyways, right? And we were talking about death and we were talking about my mom. And we had this really long, beautiful conversation. Um, some of it's scary, but, uh, she was like, no, no, I believe that we have physical bodies. Cause I was like, we're just trapped in these shells. These are just our flesh machines or whatever. And, uh, she's like, no, like, we are, we have, uh, forms in heaven. And she said, we are, what'd you say? Like we are at because we're made in God's image and he's perfect, but we are at our, our, our most beautiful in heaven. Like the time we were our most beautiful. And I keep thinking about that. Cause I'm like, well, what if me and God disagree on when I'm my most beautiful? What if he's like, nah, it was definitely when you were 13. I was like, fuck no, bro. Like, let's go with the 26, you know, like when I was 26, but I supposedly it's like, you're bad. I don't know. Like I, I need to ask, remind me to ask my sister more about this. Cause I was like, this is worth studying up on. Um, so, uh, Kim comes in and they're like, I didn't know you'd be there. And she has her tits out. Her roots look God awful. I, uh, by the way, that I didn't put that note in there. That was Angelina. Just so you know, like it, I did notice that the roots looked awful after I read that note, but I just want you to know, I didn't write that note. I don't know what bad roots look like, but now I do. <laughs> Chloe goes, don't you think he looks like Rob? And Kim goes, he's actually Rob's twin. And Chris goes, he's so perfect. So lazy. No, he just said, he's so perfect. And Kim goes, what are we going to name him? That's what I need to know. And Chris goes, how about Rob? How about Rob Kardashian Thompson? And then we'll just call him Rob Kardashian. <laughs> Weird, you guys. Courtney arrives and they're like, we didn't know you'd be here. And Courtney's wearing denim on denim and a long ponytail. And she goes, I just love the baby smell. I love the baby smell. I, and she goes, I wish I could breastfeed this baby. And Chris is like, slow down, calm down, Courtney. And she's like, really? She's like cradling the baby. It's, you know, she's really got baby fever. And Chris says, you know, I've been telling Chloe for a while, the gift of raising a gaggle of kids uh, because of profit margin. No, no, <laughs> because it's a gift to have a brother or a sister. And she's going to be the best boy mom in the world. The best of every, I'm Chris Jenner and I say the best, best, best. Chris tells Chloe, she's the best. Chris goes, you're the best mom in the whole entire universe. And I'm so proud of you. 
And Chloe goes, I just learned from all of you. And we pull back and realize Kim and Courtney are in the room. And Chris has literally just said, you're the best mom in the world. Like Kim doesn't forget this shit. This is why I'm saying Kim's like, yo, Chris, remember that day when we were at Chloe's and you said she was the best mom in the universe? Fuck that. You're going down. Um, Kim goes, one thing we do not to do, ladies is be good moms. And Chloe goes, thank God. And Kim goes, proud of you, proud of you, proud of you. Kind of a weird moment. And this feels a little staged of like, we need an ending. All of a sudden, True sticks her head in and, they, and they're and they like, oh, we're proud of you, True. And she's like, bah, 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 bah. Uh, Kim, by the way, zips up because she has her like, her boobs out she zips up and chloe goes we have had a lot of high highs and definitely a lot of low lows you can't write this shit i wish you could write this shit so it wasn't our reality but wherever you whatever where whenever you go down you know you go back up and that's the beauty with this family we don't stay down for long i mean truly and there's a montage of hugs and there's a song like we're all in this together and then kindle goes there we're doing a montage of all the women and kindle's like I have a lot of ideas and a lot of things I would love to do in life. So I'm excited to continue to explore all those things like my sexuality, but I'm moving to a ranch. I love that. She goes, I have a lot of ideas and a lot of things I would love to do in my life. That's what like a fifth grader says. I have a lot of ideas and a lot of things. And the producer goes, you're going to end up with horses somewhere. And Kendall goes, I'm an actual cowgirl. And I'm like, Brokeback Mountain girl. Woo! Courtney's like, the past few months have just been nonstop, like all swirled in with like planning our wedding, raising our six kids, ignoring Scott, doing all these things with the love of my life makes it all just so special and ignoring Scott. Kim goes, the best part of my life is I could never foresee what the next chapter is going to be. And I don't want to see it. I just like to live in the moment. I surprise myself all the time. And it makes my life so exciting. And she's back to the black hair in this shot. Then Chris goes, this year has been extremely challenging for me in so many ways. Ups and downs and everything you can imagine. Corey tried to do butt stuff with me. And I can only do so much. And I can only control so much. And by the way, that's pretty hard for me to admit. And once again, if you read this with the kind of like subtext that Chris is getting older and she realizes it and that scares her. It It's a much more powerful show. And Kylie goes, this year has been very transformative for me. There's so many amazing things I'm really excited about. Hang out with my babies and really dive into my work. My baby's name is still Wolf. Remember, we don't know her baby's name. It was Wolf, but they were going to change it. She goes, I'll let you guys know when I change it. Maybe I'll tell you guys in season three. And then she winks. And I was just happy her face could still do the wink movement. And that's all she wrote, folks, on Kardashians. Season two, episode 10. We have done it once again. Thank you, Patreon members. Thank you so much. Remember, uh, we're sending out holiday cards, so get your address in. Meditza's hard at work on that. We're doing a live show on the 10th for Patreon members, and I'll be doing something with Kate Legeko this week and hopefully talking to Meditza as well. So I hope it's worth hanging in there and sticking around. I know times are tough, so we really do appreciate uh, you guys sticking with us. But I think, man, I think this is a damn good recap. This is... This is such a a stupid, funny recap in my head that I would like to release this on the main feed. And I ain't gonna. This is yours. This is yours and yours alone. And I really appreciate you guys. And thank you so, so much. And I will talk to you uh, tomorrow on the main feed. I never stop talking to you guys. Uh, I hope you're having a good night. Bye. Betches.